0: Dear Baby Listener, Goat Games is produced in association with The Network. Find our show and other great podcasts at bicbp-radio.com. Also, Goat Games includes many, many spoilers for every game that we play. If you don't want the game spoiled for you, we recommend playing the game and coming back to listen to the episode afterwards. In the meantime, check out a different episode, maybe. If you feel like it. All right. On to this episode. Are you eating
1: chicken wings?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's my wake me up chicken. <laughs> it's my wake me up. <laughs>
0: I Caffeinated it. for his pleasure.
3: <laughs> Some people wake up to the sound the sound the chicken makes. Some people just wake up eating chicken. You know, yeah. it takes all types. His wife has to like force feed him chicken in the bed, like to wake him up. Well, I,
1: I, I had to ask that because that's that's normally things we do around here in Buffalo. So that's why I was yeah. like, "Whoa!"
0: <laughs> Somebody, ah, uh, the does old it Buffalo waking big, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, does anyone have any big life announcements they want to make on the podcast? Does anyone have anything big that happened to them lately? <laughs> Quinton, huh? do you wanna do you wanna tell the world about your <laughs> He's like just chicken? He's just Wait, hold just eating it whole like a cartoon when they put a chicken bone when they put a chicken in their mouth and they pull out just the
2: bone. I'll try it. hold on. That was a good leg. It had a lot of white meat on there. Thick. Enough. Oh my gosh! Stop! <laughs> the no-
0: oh, the noises. The eating on. Oh.
2: Okay. Uh Yeah. So, uh two weeks ago today, um, I had. Well, my wife had a baby. I didn't have the baby. I did have the baby. Hey! <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been two weeks since I've last slept. It's excellent. Well, congratulations, Q.
0: Thank you. Um. How does it feel to be a father? Do you want to talk about fatherhood to to the podcasting nation to to the to the world? Oh,
2: well. Do, do you have any pearls of wisdom? Um, yes, actually. Something I never thought I would have ever said or seen the value in, but if you're going to have a baby, get a switch. Because this thing's (laughs) fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I've been intermittently in two to five minute intervals all day long playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Even since uh, my wife was going into labor, I was in there in the labor room with my Switch. And you could just pick it up, play a few minutes, put it down, pause it real quick, go do something, burp the baby, change the diaper, Sometimes you'll be rocking her while holding the switch, still playing your game. It's awesome. <laughs> that's my that's my daddy advice.
0: I love the idea of if your wife is in there giving labor, be like, no, no, baby, I'm right here, huh? That's fine. <laughs> like
4: like,
0: like on, after the she's shrine. It.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, now, did the baby cry when you met her, Figgy? was that a thing yes yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my
0: perfect record my perfect record is intact i was like okay I'm, re- I'm gonna hold the baby and immediately she started crying i'm just babies just not bad news i don't know what it is about me but um i, I don't know I, I don't get it but um yes <laughs> no baby my my wife is very good with babies they love her they're very soothed in her arms they touch me and they know that i'm yeah that I, i'm 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 not to be trusted um so yeah my perfect record continues of not having a single baby not every baby i hold <laughs> uh, cry immediately
3: as soon as it's in my arms that's good that's that good. record's intact
4: yeah
0: yeah it's good it's it's good it's, it's a <laughs> core part of my identity It's Figio and welcome to Goat Games, where we only play the best games. I'm your host Alan Newton. Here on Goat Games, we take a look at video games that are considered "quote unquote" the greatest of all time and talk about them. Are they great? What well, makes them great? Or are they just overrated? Let's find out. Uh, you can find me on Twitch.tv backslash Figgy underscore O. Very occasionally, um, but I'm joined today by uh, by Q, Quentin,
2: y'all, what's up? I'm Q, aka Rat, aka Rat Parade, Legend of the Force, Master of Ocarinas. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, that's it. And,
0: and uh, with a belly full of chicken, ready to go. Um, which I don't. Depending on what gets cut, that comment may make no sense. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm joined today by Rob. Yeah,
3: I'm uh, Rob, Super Captain Rob on Twitch and Twitter and TikTok and YouTube. I'm a variety streamer, accidental just chatter, and master of fart-based harmonica illusions. I stream. <laughs> I stream on Twitch uh, Tuesdays through Thursdays, starting at five thirty Central Standard Time, usually going till nine CST, and Saturdays starting at three CST, usually going to eight. And if you want to come by and hang out, I'd love to see you
0: nice and um we have steven
1: yep my name's steve steve for cheese on twitch um i will be streaming soon (laughs) (laughs) love
0: it (laughs) and we have zach
5: yo what up uh zach zach attacks games on twitch um i know i keep saying it but i will be back soon Uh, i've just been a little busy um, but yeah. I do have some fun stuff in store, um, for when I do return to Twitch,
0: you gotta find something that,
5: hotter than the one chip. Cause I've, I mean, look, this is a, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole because it changes you as a person. The one chip. Yeah. I thought you, you tanked it and like, it was nothing. I did. I did. But that's the problem now. Like, like hot wings <laughs> are boring to me. Um, once i ate a raw ghost pepper just to see if i was still human like did i feel anything i felt (laughs) nothing and you know like i I moved to louisiana in the pursuit of hotter food and i'm just sitting there and i'm just like this is this is white rice to me i i can't taste heat anymore and i don't like it
0: wow like agent smith in the matrix not me throwing (laughs) up when i did the
1: one chip challenge
0: you threw up (laughs) I did. <laughs> what the hell is the
1: one chip challenge? Oh, you don't want to know.
0: Oh, wow, Q, you don't know. Oh, should oh, I know? Oh, don't tell Q. <laughs> don't don't tell Q. Q. What? <laughs> uh, Q. <laughs> See, Q. Quentin has a tendency. Um, he loves hot food. But he cannot handle hot food. So, um, unlike Zach, who likes hot food and then just like kind of like tanks it, um, Q <laughs> put hot things in his mouth, immediately start crying and like lay on the ground in the middle of
2: dinner. Because oh, God. He, That's um, how you know it's good, though. That's how you live. <laughs> I,
0: th- I guess Zach kind of wants yeah,
2: what Zach, Q has. I feel for right. you, man. I'm sorry. If you're not... Curling over in in pain and agony. Exactly. <laughs> Are you even alive? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the one chip challenge is, is right
1: up your
0: alley, buddy. Yeah. So, the one chip, it's just a single potato mm-hmm. chip that's super fucking hot by most, by normal person it's a, standards. It is
3: a very,
5: very, very spicy
3: Dorito. Yeah. Like yeah. they get a scientific concentrate of the spiciest peppers
5: right and the whole idea behind it they call it the one chip challenge because you're supposed to eat it and then go like however long it says each each one's different like some say five minutes some say 10 minutes some say an hour uh without drinking anything and well i had the bright idea um to play uh sekiro and eat the one chip and i i thought this was gonna be hell and i'm I ate it and then I just kept playing. And then um, ultimately, after an hour, um, I drank a beer because I was bored. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a really large chip. Zach's reaction to it is not the common reaction, though. Like, the common reaction is that it's so spicy, people like cry and throw up. <laughs> right. And I, I
5: sat there and I was just like, this is it.
0: Like, yeah, I, honestly, it's a little, it was a little like infuriating. It was a little like disappointing because I tuned in and I, and then I, you just sat there for 20 20 minutes. have you done it? No. I I am my spice. I can handle probably about as much spice as Q, but I don't seek out pain. Like, I don't. I'm like like salivating
2: thinking about this.
3: Wait, Rob, did you do it? No. Hell no. I've seen one person do it. Uh, Cause they like did it on their stream and well, everyone's one person in ch- and Zach. Every- I, d- I wasn't there for Zach's. Um, uh, okay. It was a streamer that Zach and I both watched though. Uh, but like he did it and everyone's in chat, like so fucking hyped. And then he was just in so much misery that it immediately flipped from being funny to just being like brutal and sad. sad. Which, which and so streamer? It was Rogers. Oh yeah. Yeah. His one chip was brutal oh it was so Uh, (laughs) bad it was so bad like
5: i genuinely was like oh no yeah
3: so that's why i'm like i'm never gonna do it because it's one of those things where like i've seen it go from being funny to the complete opposite of funny so fast and like i mean i don't want to do it to myself but i also don't want to do that to my viewers (laughs) where they have to be like sad about what's happening to me you know
2: I want to try uh,
3: this so bad. I'm going to order it Quinn,
2: one. you have a child now. It sounds so good. <laughs> Everything Quinn. you guys are describing sounds amazing.
1: It tastes not worse like shit. Quinn. It tastes like shit, too. Not that it...
2: That's Q's favorite. You know, it's all, it's
1: only like one chip, so it's not like the worst, but like the texture well, of it's like weird. It's like chalk or something. It's it's like something you should because not be it's eating. Just... Yeah.
2: But if it's that <laughs> spicy, here's what sounds here's what it's sounds amazing about it. I want to get a couple of these bad boys. And I don't need to do the challenge. I'm not going to eat the whole thing. But maybe like a little nibble a day. I want to like just crack a little piece oh, off. Like, let it warm my tummy. A little nibble a day
0: you could probably deal with.
2: Like, like Princess Bride. Like iocane powder. Yeah, like, like slowly developing sound, a I love that feeling of your gut melting down and your your ears <laughs> boiling out of your head and you're like it's so hot Jeez. So i just i just need to feel that
0: i love the feeling of a gi bleed <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's uh we have a lot to cover today guys let's let's get to the um let's get to the game that's um sorry not to put a wet blanket on the fun um okay dear baby listener Today, we are talking about Ocarina of Time. You may have heard of it. Um, uh, Zach Attacks Games has prepared a statement about this game and why it may or may not be a goat. Um, I'm trying not to editorialize and, or anything up front. So I'm sorry if my speaking sounds very stilted. So I'm trying to just be objective. Because I've realized that I tend to kind of give away how I feel about games pretty much like from yeah. the jump.
5: <laughs> um, don't, like, don't worry. Um, I took that into consideration as well uh, when writing this. So it may not be as grandiose as um, what you would expect for a game as revered as this one. But there's a reason why. And that reason is I don't want to give away anything. So this is just right. facts. No conjecture. No opinion. There's no Breath of a
1: Wild slander.
0: Oh yeah,
5: he's probably gonna sneak uh, that. in. Uh, <laughs> no comment. I've been advised
0: by my legal team. I'm like, it's shitty successors. This game
3: really gonna do this to Steve after after the Star Fox episode. Hey, you know last what? Time. I would
1: actually, I would actually welcome Breath of the Wild slander over Star Fox 64 slander. I mean, that's fine.
0: I mean, that's okay.
1: Okay. Like like I can see why people would complain about Breath of the Wild, but complaining about Star
0: Fox, like what are you doing? What are you doing? Not living life, buddy,
5: that's what Take
0: it to your fucking therapist, Steve. Alright, Zach, go.
5: <laughs> in gaming, there are a few names that stir up a response immediately. Mario is one, Sonic is another, but above them all stands one in particular Zelda. This may be the name that gets a reaction more than any other. The franchise started famously as Shigeru Miyamoto wanted to make a game that recreated a childlike sense of wonder, and more often than not, this is a franchise that delivers. Amongst all the games in this franchise, there are those that stand above the rest, and today we are talking about the potential grandfather of them all, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. 1998 was a decently stacked year in gaming. Classics like Resident Evil 2, Banjo-Kazooie, Metal Gear Solid, and Half-Life dropped in this year as well. All to critical acclaim. And yet Ocarina of Time still stands tall over every single one of them and remains the highest rated video game of all time across nearly every single aggregate I could find. Anyone who's around for this momentous event in gaming understands. The release of Ocarina of Time was an event. Zelda as a franchise was already highly revered at this point, but the transition to 3D, you couldn't put into words the anticipation. But does the game stand the test of time? Was the game great even then? Or is Ocarina of Time another entry in the list of games that received the infamous Zelda bump? Is this title worthy of the ac- of all its accolades 25 years later? Well, dear baby listener, we ask you to sit back, relax, and listen to your new favorite group of podcasters either reaffirm what you already believe to be true, or incense you into a rage when you don't agree with a take on what has to be the most discussed Game of the Year candidate to ever exist. Well, let's sit back and go on a grand adventure together.
2: Very nice. nice. Dude, that year was an amazing year. Holy smokes all those games.
5: Oh, there's more. Like I literally Jeez. only I only took games that were rated above 93. Wow. Um, because if you i said w-
0: metal gear solid banjo kazooie what else did Half-Life? you say in your half-life
5: oh my gosh uh tekken 3 came out that year street fighter 3 uh, alpha starcraft Pandra dragoon saga starcraft
2: Dude. oh my god freaking year Balls? crash bandicoot
5: <laughs> wow. 3 odd world abes exodus 1080 snowboarding torah oh, 2 <laughs> I mean,
0: that's a little fun one for me. I don't think that one's like a goat or whatever, but I I, I I mean, it's like
5: 1998 is considered like one of the years. Um, And Mario 64 came out, what, 96
0: or 97? 96. Right, right, right. Okay. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you for that fantastic write up, Zach. Great job of remaining objective, but but emphasizing the importance of the game. Um, Truly great job. Um, Like I said, all facts. That's right. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and talk. I mean, I, I'm sure with a game this that looms this large, we could all probably talk about, like, well, you know, like it all started in 1990, and like talk for 10 minutes. But let's briefly talk about our experience. Ooh, Q. Q, <laughs> wow. talk about. Uh, sorry, Q just brought up a background on his um, Discord chat. <laughs> let's talk about our experience with the game. Uh, I'll go. I'll kick us off. So, um, yeah, this game was a big, obviously a big deal for me and for any for most people who are playing video games at that in that generation. Um, I was very young when it came out. Nine. I was, I was probably eight. Uh, I, I don't know if we got it. We got, yeah, we got it right, right. When it came out, I remember that specifically. Cause I like wanted it so bad and, uh, I loved it, fell in love with it. Um, but was not very good at video games back then. And so it took me, it was really hard for me to do, um, to, to, to progress in the game. And so, but my brother and my sister who are 10 and 12 years older than me, respectively, they gobbled this game up. And I have such fond memories of um not only me playing this game, but my siblings had like a group of friends that would all come over and play it together. And I little eight-year-old Figgy would like sit behind the couch and like watch <laughs> as they kind of like went through it. Um and uh yeah, it's just such a nostalgic feeling looking back and playing this game. And um also the uh <clears throat> and also like I just remember being so terrified when I got to adult link in this game like just yeah just um so i don't know this game just like Like you weren't ready to grow up was such an emotion (laughs) like no too much responsibility yeah Yeah, we're gonna talk oh i'm gonna talk about that extensively later on uh but yes essentially um and yeah and it was just really potent and then i've played it i i can't countless times since i don't know how many times i've played it since and um every time i play it it's i think it's great um so yeah very 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 familiar with this game i don't think there's any game i've played more actually i think i can say that. this might be the most as far as full playthroughs obviously some games don't have endings so maybe there's more hours dumped into other games maybe um like i went through a yeah like uh but as far as like full playthroughs of a game i don't think i've played any other game as much um by by like a massive margin like This, like, I've probably beaten this game, like, ten times or something, and, like, the next closest game I've beaten, that would probably be, like, three or four, um, so, um, okay, uh, Q, do you want to talk about your experience with the game? Yeah, um, I
2: don't, I don't think I got this game when it came out, but maybe a year or two years after, I'm not, I don't remember how old I was, I was maybe, I don't know, ten or eleven, maybe i don't know doesn't matter um but i played it as a little kid and this game just fucking rocked it was so cool i th- like the open worldness blew me away as a little kid when you get out there into the high rule and i mm-hmm. just spent i mean uh, much like like you i don't know how many times i beat the game um but i know i played it a lot just many many playthroughs um just it—it's such an adventurous game to immerse yourself in, as, especially as a little child. With when your imagination is just going wild, um, and I—I uh, I don't really have that much experience with a lot of the other Zeldas. And prior to that, I think I played the first Zelda on what was it the NES. NES was the very first Zelda, yeah. Yeah, I think I played that one like a little bit as a kid, but I didn't wow. understand it. I didn't. I basically ran around some bushes for a while, spearing pigmen or whatever they were, <laughs> yeah. and never got past that point. Um, pigmen. Pi- yeah, pig pigmen pigmen. 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 Um Pikmin. Pikmin. Pikmin? Anyway yeah no I, I played this game a ton as a kid uh, and it was it was awesome and I played it throughout my teen years and you never never really truly put that game down like I did other games it would always resurface at some point because you're just like yeah Zelda let's play that again because that game's awesome um, I was going through my old when I was pulling out my Zelda guide um, this one here I didn't oh stupid screen (laughs) i need to put that screen down anyway um when i was pulling out my old zelda guide that i got back then i found some artwork that i drew as a kid and one of them was i drew ganondorf on his horse with his little spear like looking down um so i made like tons of drawings and pages of my i i actually did the same thing with old resident evil i made like Almost poke uh, trading card looking things of characters, and I gave them stat blocks and everything.
5: Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> um,
2: but anyway, that's my experience with it. Uh Played to it a ton. Played to it a ton.
5: Excellent. Um, uh, Zach, you can go. Thank you. Um, I just I was a little bit older. Oh, Zach was supposed to go first because he did the fucking intro. No, I'm fucking so- a. No, no, God dang it! I thought I
0: was only okay, supposed to. Okay, well, let me to... just let me right, just, hold on, just wait. switch that around. <clears throat> Everyone, shut up! No, okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna fix this. some So, because <laughs> thank you, Zach, because you did the uh the elevator
5: pitch. Why don't you go first? Thank you, Biggie. Uh, well, <laughs> um, you know, I was a eleven years old when this game came out. Um, and at this time, you know, like most kids, I had a Nintendo Power subscription. Um, you know, my entire childhood was spent, you know. Playing video games. I love Nintendo. And um, the hype was real, like, especially in my elementary school. Like, we were all passing around magazines, speculating about what the game could be, looking at whatever screenshots they decided to give us. Um, This is also the first game I ever uh, pre ordered. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know they had pre-orders yeah, back yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had to go to my local Walmart and put down a $10 deposit. Uh, but the pre-order got you a limited edition version of the game that came in a gold cart. Uh, and then it came in a holographic box. Um, you've probably seen it if you're into game collecting at all. But like gold cart Ocarina of Time is like one of the most coveted titles you can get. Um, that's the version I had, um, growing up. Um, it was also really cool. Cause it was like the version that was the buggiest. So if you had a game shark, you <laughs> could do a lot of stuff with it. Um, but, uh, I digress. Um, I just remember the day that I came home from school. I think I, I think it was a school day when it came out. I, I think it was a Friday. I am not hundred percent sure, but I remember my dad coming home And handing me a copy of this game and, uh, pizza and like three dudes that I grew up with in my neighborhood. We were all just in my room on my 17 inch CRT TV. And, you know, we played this thing for God, 12 hours straight, never moving. Um, just completely enchanted, uh, with this game. Um, since, um, you know, this has gone on to become, my second favorite game in the franchise and still one of my favorite games of all time. Um, you know, I can definitely be objective about it though. I don't think it's perfect. Um, but I do think that slice Fuck of you. I do think that slice of time um, <laughs> <just> um <laughs> And you thought I was bad.
4: <laughs> I do think
5: um that particular time um was very enchanted and uh, I think there is a lot of nostalgia around this game, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um you know Uh, I've played it numerous times. It's the first game I ever did a hundred percent, uh, completion stream of. Um, it's something that I revisit often. Um, you know, it's kind of like a comfort food. It's a happy place. Uh, when I just need to feel better about something, this is the game I go to. Yeah. What is your favorite Zelda game? Um you said it's your second. Uh Majora's Majora's Mask is my favorite. Hey. Oh yeah, that's that's fair. It's it's up there with me too. Um I just um I think Majora's Mask came out when I was a teenager. Um I think that I think it came yeah. out when I was like 13. Um and it just kind of resonated with me like it felt like I grew up with the franchise and like Majora's Mask was like, "Hey, this isn't a kids game. You know, there's some dark dark stuff going on there." Um and I feel like it just came out at the perfect time to resonate more with me than Ocarina of Time.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um let's do uh Steve, you can go.
1: Yeah, so I um I played this game. I I know it was after like it wasn't right when it came out. I I was really young when this game came out. So it came out in 98 you said? Yes. So so was 5 years old when it came out. So I probably played this game when I was like 7 or 8 maybe. Um I remember a couple of my friends like talking about it and like hearing about it and stuff. So I was like, "Oh, like I want to I want to play Zelda." So I asked my parents for Zelda for I don't know, Christmas, birthday, maybe just it was summer or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so they got me Zelda, but they got me Majora's Mask first. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I don't know. Eight year old playing Majora's Mask was like weird because it was like, you know, you start out as like the Deku scrub. And I'm like, okay, well, where's, you know, where's Link? And then it's like, you know, your time too. And it's like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm eight. So like, <laughs> this is horrible. Um, so I didn't really like, Get into that game much, um, but they eventually did get me because I like I told them I was like, oh, there's like another one that like I want, and you know I'm spoiled. Um, so they eventually got me the other one, you know, Ocarina of Time, and I liked that one way more when I was a kid because um, it actually made sense to me, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you weren't time. So you got
0: Majora's Mask first. I got
1: Majora's Mask first. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I didn't get far in it like at all because. Yeah, I'm eight and you're timed and right, you know. That game's not meant for eight year olds. <laughs> I tried playing that
2: game like two weeks ago and I had the same experience. I have an <laughs> you know, like, eight year old mind.
0: I remember from Majora's Mask, I printed out the entire like Game Facts um, okay. like, guide. Yeah. And it was like a ream of, of, of a walkthrough yeah. that I used. I was like on printer paper. Is yeah, back yeah. on that
3: old like printer paper that was like dots on the side and folded like no, a It wasn't like
0: MS DOS, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not that old. No, yeah.
3: they um I ended up
1: getting a guide for both of them. Yeah. Both of them. So
0: I had the guide for Ocarina And, time. and like
1: now I'm an adult. I do like Majora's Mask more. Um so I'll, I'll, oh, I'll i love Majora's yeah, Mask. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go on the record to say that. Obviously I got the
0: You have a Majora's Mask in your background. Yeah. yeah exactly. various...
1: Um But yeah, but like at the time when I was a kid, like Ocarina of Time was like the coolest game to me. Um like Rat said, just like running around in like the open world and everything. Um it's also a game that's kind of sentimental to me a little bit too um me and my sister like she's younger than me but we always like played all the zeldas like growing up together um so that that's that's always been something that like you know she would always just like watch me play it, and like to this day like we both took off for tears of the kingdom um so like Uh yeah so so like i got it um i I went that morning up to pick it up and uh she came over and we oh that's we played it for like the the next five hours or so and uh we made almost no progress because that game is huge so (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah the the, you know there's a little sentimental uh thing with the series too obviously i've played so many of them since uh, too many to name i've not played all of them but i'd say probably 75 to 80 percent of them all i've beaten and played um so yeah zelda cool stuff and i got a little ocarina here nice and that's yeah, I won't do that again maybe
3: <laughs> no promises <laughs> um and
0: then uh rob
3: yeah so um this was for me the first Zelda game that I ever played um my sibling and I had an N64 I have no idea how close to the actual release of the game it was when I played it but I was in 5th grade and like I think one of my classmates had been like, "You should play this game, so I also bought it at Walmart. I didn't get the cool golden one um but <laughs> I remember my my friend lent me their prima guide, so I just like played through the whole game with the guide um It's a game that's like always remained really big in my head, and I think it's the game that I've always compared Zelda games against ever since it ever since I played it um it's not my favorite either. For me, it would be Wind Waker, uh, but it's a game yes. that has like.
1: Fuck you, <laughs> GameCube lovers! We stand the GameCube. <laughs> it's a just game kidding. that has a big place
3: in my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it's a, it's you know like one of one of my like core childhood memories in a lot of ways is playing this game. Like I just have play you know playing it again for the stream because I haven't played it again since I was a kid. I played it once and beat it, and then like just moved on i guess um but i still had like so many memories just flood back to me when i played it again for the podcast so it was cool to get to play it again um it's cool too because i i think for me like the zelda series has kind of worn thin for me with some of the later years releases um but this one still felt really good to play so
0: nice all right guys I'm, like, nervous to talk about this game. It seems so, it seems so daunting. Um, okay, let's talk about the... Let's, let's stick to our format, and uh, let's talk about the visuals. Does anyone have any hot takes or any uh, anything
3: to say about how this game looks? One of the things that I think is really cool about the visuals of this game... Is the way that it's like clearly drawing on like medieval fantasy imagery, but it doesn't feel like medieval fantasy imagery to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, it has like swords and sorcery and castle and dungeons and whatever, but they don't look like what you'd think they look like Zelda. Um Yeah. And I think that's so cool how they manage to take those but make them their own. And you can just like it results in so many iconic locations that have elements drawn from medieval fantasy worlds but that also feel distinctly zelda
0: 100% it's like they've they've created their own like visual language mm-hmm. that isn't yeah because i was even like trying to like like I mean, I, I, the the, the artist drew from so many inspirations from like, you know, like yeah, medieval, like Link is a very, very heavily uh, based on Peter Pan mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, and so, yeah, they end up just creating like I feel like they've created like a visual language that is like unique to Zelda and has continued and persisted throughout. Like every game that's come after has obviously had their own different styles, but each one still somehow feels like Zelda. Yep. I think it's true from, like, every element of the design, starting with, like, with visuals. Um, yeah, 100%. I-, I love the use of, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let the Star Fox feud die, <laughs> <That's>... but, um... <laughs> What'd you say? would you say to me? Well, that's
5: only one end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds like quitter talk. You
1: just you just want to let it die because you got your way. That's what it is. <laughs> just
3: like, yeah, I'm gonna forgive you for the fact that um, that I had said Star Fox was bad. I'm gonna I forgive know, you right? for
0: that. <laughs> um. So, but uh, one thing I like about this game that maybe some other games that shall remain unnamed did so well is, you know, we talked about we talked about in the Star Fox episode. We we're doing two N64 games back to back about how um, some of us felt. Not everybody felt like that. The they didn't, they didn't really get around the N64's graphical limitations in, in really good ways. Um, in this game, I just feel like, you know, obviously it's not hyper-realistic graphics or anything like that, but they leaned into that, I feel like, in such a great way. They just use these, like, simple shapes, mm-hmm. bright primary colors that feel cartoonish, um, especially in Child Link's ears, and um, that didn't rely... They they just handled their, their lack of hardware so much so well um i'm say compared to other games of, of this era but um that going back and playing it now and i don't you know play i haven't played the remastered version on 3ds because i don't have a 3ds but even the old even the original graphics just hold up so well in my opinion um for sure i, I don't <laughs> No go no do it steve go ahead and try i'm try not trying to be difficult best. here but man i play, no be difficult when be i difficult. play
1: star fox I could play that okay. game today. <laughs> be difficult. Yeah, I could play that game today <laughs> and be like, Wow, this game looks great. When I play Ocarina of Time, yeah, it's like a impressive game and like the odd little locations are iconic and stuff. But like when I play Ocarina of Time, I'm sitting there like, Man, they gotta remake this game or something because it looks like crap at times. It does. Okay. What? what?
0: It what? does. Okay. It does. I'm no. going to say it looks so like... Steve is, is intentionally I... no, 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 trying to no, stir no, the pot because no, 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 of Star no, Fox. No, no,
1: no, 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 When I play the 3DS version, it looks great. It looks good. But, like, okay. I don't know. The, the, the like, there's something about the way it just mm-hmm. looks, man. The way it runs. Like, I'm not trying to be difficult. I swear to God, I'm not. But when I... Okay, I'm, all right. Like, if, put it this way. If you look at the Star Fox N64 game, Which they also made a 3DS remake of. I don't look at the Star Fox game and go, you know, I wish I was playing the 3DS one more. Mm -hmm. When I play the Ocarina of Time uh, on the N64, I'm sitting there like, man, like, they got to do something with these graphics. Like, Like the Castle Town. Like, everyone's just so blocky, and, like, their faces, you can't even, like, make them out, and stuff, and I understand it's, you know, graphical limitations and stuff, and when you're a kid, who gives a fuck, um, but, I don't know, there's there's just, like, I don't know, like I said, the locations are great, like, you know, the Zora Domain and everything, the Goron City, but then, like, you look at those places, and it's like you know like goron city you, like you think about it in your head and you're like wow it's really cool like there's a bunch of like people and stuff like there's really nothing in there besides just like rocks and like it's just like a cave and i don't know that's just i don't know
3: i definitely okay. see where you're coming from cuz i remember like in my head this game was a lot more full than it exactly. was when i played it again yeah. and i like the, the goron city for me was one of my like core points of it cuz i remember that place feeling so full as a kid, and then when I got there as an adult, I was just like, this is just a fucking pit. Yeah. This is just a pit.
5: With this a couple like, holes in it.
3: Yeah, like, Gannon didn't even need to do anything. This place was already a dump. Um, but I mean, like, like, it's a cool location, but... That's what I'm um, saying. The locations are cool, but the way yeah.
1: they look is a whole different story, especially on the N64. Like,
3: I think there are locations that hit, for me, on, like, all cylinders. Like, the Deku Tree, for example, I think looks fantastic. I agree. No matter I agree. where you it's are. It's not
1: every place. It's not yeah, every place.
3: but there are places, you know, like, that was a big one for me, or even, like, parts of Hyrule Field just feel kind of empty to me when yeah. you're going through them, where, like, you know, if, if it was a modern game, there would have been more, like, Texture. And I I mean, like, it's completely just that's what the limitations of the hardware Mm -hmm. were at the time. So Um,
0: I think what you guys are harping on was particularly Rob, um, who I feel like (laughs) might be unbiased as opposed to Steve, who I'm pretty sure is just trying to stir the (laughs) pot. No,
5: I'm not. I'm not, man. (laughs) I'm just
0: saying. I'm just
1: saying. When I played Star Fox 64, it's like, I don't feel like that. I feel like, wow, this is, you know, this is how the game should be. I don't need a remake. I don't need anything. But with with Ocarina of Time, it's just like, there's certain areas bananas. and there's certain okay. spots where it's just like it just doesn't click.
3: I so I'll say, I think like with Star Fox 64, no matter where you are in the game because it's so tightly controlled, there's always a point of visual interest. Whereas you can get to locations in Ocarina of Time where that emptiness kicks in so you don't have visual interest, which is just sure. like I think a a kind of thing that's always going to happen when you have an open world. Yeah. Um and especially like a big one, you know.
0: So, okay. Does anyone else want to say anything before I completely dismantle everything Steve said? Does any, I, Zach, do you have anything I'm gonna to I'm going to say something it?
3: else, too.
1: If you compare it to Majora's Mask, I think Majora's Mask does a better job than Ocarina of Time.
0: Okay. I mean, I think that's more fair than Star Fox, because I think Star Fox looks like, a, looks like shit smeared on a canvas. I don't understand um, <laughs> how you could say that, though. That's the other oh thing. God. If you
1: play Star Fox and you play... Ocarina okay. of Time on the N64. There are certain times in Ocarina of Time where the game is chugging. You could feel it chug-a-chug-a-chug-a-chug-a-chug-a. Chug-a, chug-a, chug-a. okay. There chug Okay. theres nothing like that on Star Fox. It is clean. It is
0: crisp. Okay. <laughs> Let's not talk about Star Fox anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want this episode to be about Ocarina of Time. Not about Star Fox. I'm just Star saying,
1: Fox. you know, well, we, we compared Ocarina of Time to Star Fox when we did it.
0: Okay. So, I, so this is
1: just going the other way.
0: Okay. Regarding your visuals, uh regarding everything you said. So uh the w- places feeling empty. So yes, they are not as chock a block full as modern games. That is true. Um one could
5: uh <clears throat> one could make an argument that Zelda games that have an open world always feel empty.
0: Oh
1: no, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> Okay. Zach was just waiting um, for it.
0: <laughs> okay, so they're not as chocolate block full as modern games, um, in my opinion. I, I'd, I'd say it's more of an issue with the gameplay than visuals, um, because the visual uh, because it's more of like an issue of like how much stuff should there be to do in each individual location. Um, but I also don't think it's necessary. I mean, like I don't know. Each place, first of all, okay. Hold on, I'm trying to remember everything you said. So. Them not having enough detail on the faces uh, has as much detail as every other, pretty much, N64 game. And two, they get around that because each person has such identifiable shapes and motions. So, yes, no, if you look at the faces, it's literally just like a circle. It's not very great detail. Um, But they do other things like Milan stands out because of her red hair. The, there's the large dog lady who has a very distinct, like, large person shape. There's the couples that are always dancing in a circle. There's the beggar who's always, like, banging on the ground. They knew what they had, and they had to work around it. As mm-hmm. opposed to just, like, a lot of games from this era, they would have literally just stuck a bunch of copy-and-pasted bodies around. Um, the game knew the lack of detail they had to work with, and they worked around it. Um, everything is entirely distinct and, and, and stands out. Um I would. I mean, I would agree that probably uh, Goron cities might be the weakest visually, um, but it feels like it, it feels like it should. It feels like a lived-in hole, which is what these people live in. They live in a cave. It speaks to their culture, like it, it, kind of like the way the forest, the the, uh, the Kokiri village feels like Kukiri village. It feels like a little like elf forest in the woods, populated by mostly children, with this great Deku tree looming over everything. It feels like it should. I would say the Goron city feels like a bunch of cave dwellers dug a whole dug a cave into the into the um earth. And then you go into one room and there's like there's like a lava world and you have to use the bombs to get around in there because that's what their whole culture revolves around. And then uh, like sitting on top like suspended above everything is the spiritual stone of fire, which is super important to their culture. And then down on the bottom you have like darunia's like cave, which has this really awesome looking throne and stuff i i i i i I push back a lot that this game is like devoid visually of interesting things again, a modern game, yes would like put uh would overwhelm you with like with your senses if they had but this game didn't have the technical ability to do so but I think they absolutely worked within their limits and Hyrule Castletown is bustling Hyrule Castletown has so many little things to go talk to and do now you could argue like oh it doesn't have enough side quests which that is like you know if you want a game that is chock-a-block full of side quests like yeah I think it's true but um like there's games from from this era that like if you ask me to recall what a level looks like I would have a hard time to doing it because it's drab because it's like well I don't know like but but like you're able to recall what goron City looks like whereas like a random level in like I don't know like golden eye uh, uh like I, I don't know like I, it's a bunch of gray blobs or whatever um a random character in golden eye like again like I don't know a smear of glob, uh, whatever. But every like, if I say like right now, like, what do the carpenter guys look like? The guys like running around on the boom, boom, boom. Like you immediately know what I'm talking about, and you and you immediately know their. If you talk to them, you know their personality and you know what they're. Yeah. You, you know what you know what I'm. You immediately stands out. Uh, yeah. And so I think that is a visual success.
1: Well, like like I said, I don't think it's the locations. I th- I just think it's how it looks. I think the, okay. Like, I think you're arguing more about the locations. I don't think. I think the locations are fine. I just think the way they look graphically, the textures. Yeah, I could, guess. Yeah, could be upped a little bit. Like, I said, like you said, like Castle Town, like it's bustling. Like I, I know that it still looks like shit. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I, think, <laughs> I like it's just blurry and it's just I don't know. It just like I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I. That's I, fine. I, I And, like, you know, I understand, like, all the graphical limitations and blah, 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 but
0: I don't know.
3: I don't know. That's fine. I'd say I feel like it varies from, like, some... Like, because I was kind of surprised that Castletown was one of the ones you pulled, Steve, because that... Like, I think Castletown, at least as a kid, looks fantastic and interesting to explore, Um, whereas, like, Goron City or um, the Gerudo, like, hideout location feels really boring to me. Um You know, just like places where there could have been more going on. More um, visual
0: interest. It feels like when you go
1: into Castletown, the game changes. Like, uh, how they do, like, graphics or something. Like, because, it's like, hmm. you, like, compare Kakariko to, like, Castletown. Like, Kakariko, like, I don't know, looks fine. It's, like, nice, quiet town or whatever. But, like, and, like, the buildings are, like, detailed and stuff. But, like, when you go into, like, Castletown, like, like, the... Buildings look, like, blurry to me or something. I, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I
3: wonder no, how I much mean, that might have to do with the fact that Castletown uses so many fixed camera angles.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's doing similar to, like, I don't know this for a fact, um, similar to like, what Resident Evil did where it has, like, pre-rendered backgrounds Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks like, more
1: like that. than
0: Like, the Death Mountain in the background is a pre-rendered background, and, like, the castle in the background is a pre-rendered background. Uh, yeah, no, so I think what you're talking about is, like, a different technique of... Whereas, like, all the things you can interact with are, like, the Zelda polygons. Like, you know, like, the, you know, I, 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 again, I don't know the exact methods used, but it feels like it's because they're using, like, pre-rendered, like, painted backgrounds for for chunks of Castletown. Um, and that might be the only place they
2: do that, now that I'm thinking about it. I think it is mm-hmm. the only area that they use a fixed – well, I think – I'm assuming they they probably used a fixed camera because they tried to put so much detail into these areas. Right. Yeah, or else it would just break if you were able to yeah. move your your lens around.
0: But yeah, Castletown is like, and then you walk into the the Temple of Time, like the, the before the Temple of Time, that little garden, and it just immediately feels like you've walked into a tr- like into a church ground or something. Like mm-hmm. they just, I don't know, because like the music drops out, it gets silent, and then there's, um, yeah. Steve is right and about I... it
2: being very blurry, though. There is something that feels like fish eye when you when you walk in there. Cause when I replayed it a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever, I remember being a little jarred at when I walked in. I was like, oh, it looks kind of fuzzy. Like it does look a little odd. But I think I think part of that is like it's like peripheral fuzzy view.
0: Yes. It's it's trying to I think it might be trying to simulate depth of field. I don't know that for well, a fact. Just don't my, put me on my that my
5: question would be how did you play the game? Like were you playing it on an emulator CRTV. on your computer? You know, because back when this game was developed, like if you're playing it on N64 and you plugged your N64 into HDTV, um, yeah, it's going to look terrible because games were right. developed to yeah. be played on a smaller screen. Uh, CRT, they would take advantage of like right. the technology in the CRT to mask pixels and things like that you know even yeah. if you're playing it on an emulator um, you're probably not playing it in 4x3 and you know emulators in the uh, inherently will upscale the game and um you know like you can look at screenshots like of um like if you use something like a uh, retro tink it has a built-in CRT filter so you mm-hmm. can put you can run the game through that and see what's closer to an accurate representation of what it was supposed to look like on a on a modern screen, but even then it's still not, you know, one-to-one. Um, so there's probably argument to be made that playing it nowadays, depending on how you play it, like, unless you're playing it on an old, like Sony studio monitor, like you're not going to be able to see how it was originally intended to look.
3: That is a yeah. really good point. Cause yeah, that which
5: I mean, yeah, well, I think that is a big
0: chunk of it, but I, I you know, I would say I, I, I legitimately think that's like, the crux of, of what's going on is, is that the technology was just different back then. But to be fair, like when I judge other games uh, that we've played from this era, I have not given it the same, like, well, it's supposed to be on CRTV. So I'm trying to be more, you know, and say saying like, what does it look like if I'm playing it now? And I mean, yeah, I, it, the resolution isn't as great as you would like it to be. Um, but again, I just feel like they like, I just feel like every location is so distinct. Uh, again, like I, I I tend not to, um, I personally try and I don't give a ton of um, weight towards like technical achievement because I mean, personally, and so I, I, unless, except for in cases where they've used technology to do something different or innovative. um, I don't know. I just think that like the, yeah, I don't know. the, The visual design, even though it's not as crisp as we would like it to be. Worked around that really well and better than some of its contemporaries at the time, in my opinion. And um, and yeah, and uh, in the 3DS might be the better way to play it. I've never played that. I, it's I don't. Very, know if you want very to take good.
1: it's way better. Yeah, that's
0: everyone. Every everybody here says it's like amazing. Um, and so I personally haven't
3: like experienced that, but I've seen clips of it. And it looks beautiful. Um. I don't even say for me it was just, like, a minor thing. Like, I was just saying, like, yeah. I see what Steve's saying, but for me it's not, like, a big hit because the iconic locations where, like, it's hitting on all levels hit so hard that, like, those are the ones that are going to live in my head, you know? Right.
1: And I agree with
0: Rob. And also regarding Hyrule Field being empty, um, it is. Um, But whenever I play this game, I feel like I spend so little time. Like, it takes, like, what, a minute? two minutes if you're on the horse, a minute or two if you're on the horse to get across the entire field of Hyrule. Yeah. and there's warps between locations and you get along and you get a fast travel with the ocarina
5: yeah and there's really i mean what there's a, a couple hidden areas and then a couple will, um pose to kill and that's it you're really not supposed to be yeah. spending significant chunks of time in the open field. yeah
0: And I think that goes against our modern sensibilities where it's like the overworld's such a big chunk of the game and games like, Mm -hmm. you know, Red Dead 2 or an Elden Ring and stuff. And like, that's the game. The overworld doesn't exist to be like, you spend time here. It exists to give the feeling of like, you're in a larger world like yeah. these aren't just like a bunch of interconnected levels like you're in a world and i, and I think it achieves that so, yeah. but it could have been more engaging for sure i would even yeah. say
3: like i think the field is maybe designed specifically not for like the look of it but for the feeling of speed as you run across it on a pona and how satisfying that yeah. feels 100%
5: Um, Um, When when it was originally developed, um, like Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64 and Ocarina of Time were all developed at the same time. And one of the ideas they toyed around with was that Ocarina of Time would have a centralized hub like Super Mario 64 does with the castle. Uh, and that, you know, Ocarina of Time, you would be in the castle and then you would go to different parts. Oh, yeah. Of, um, and that was
0: repurposed for Ganon's castle.
5: Yeah. Um, so you would go to different parts of the world um, through the castle, like instead of using paintings. Um, but I imagine um, they just kind of decided to expand that idea and wanted to do something to set it apart from Super Mario 64 because it would have just been like, oh, this is Super Mario 64 with a sword. Um, right. So I think they just kind of made the overworld as a, you know, a way to, they kept the, they kind of kept that idea the same where like the overworld is what is your central hub. It's just, it's expanded upon, um, but they really didn't know what to do with it. So they just put a couple of secrets there, um, put a couple enemies out there and then just made it this thing where it could be this amazing set piece. Cause like, I mean, open world games weren't a thing in 1998. So like seeing this was like grandiose. Mm-hmm. even like by yeah. today's sensibilities you're going to be like oh who gives a shit go play red dead redemption 2 um but like right. it's like you have to remember that you're looking at it as a product of its time like this didn't exist like this was something we had never seen and you know naturally people at that time were going to be like holy shit like this is huge
3: yeah um
5: but you know like when video game magazines were still a thing like that was always every year they would be like oh my god the most realistic graphics ever and it's like a super pixelated car Yeah, some of those pictures are funny (laughs) you know um but you know you have to remember back then it was like holy crap like this looks so realistic
3: yeah especially because i remember like in my head hyrule field felt so big and my my mic My memories of it, and then like when we got there on the replay, I was like, "Wait, I got across this in like a minute. What is happening?" (laughs) But I think I think that's a strength
0: because I I remember in in Twilight Princess, which was so much more beautiful graphically. And honestly, I have this problem with Wind Waker 2 Majora's Mask does a really great job of like, nope, there's no overworld. You pretty Mm -hmm. much just go from place to place. Um, and, and. but both Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, like they do a really good job of really making your world feel pretty big. I mean, again, we're comparing it to like Elden Ring and Red Dead 2, so whatever, but like it feels really big. Yeah. And really does feel empty to me. And the times you have to like go across the whole map to get to somewhere is a slog. It is like an is really and you feel that time a lot more than mm-hmm. I do, I think, in this game. Um I think either do you do Majora's Mask Route. Which is we're not gonna make it super pretty, but you really you're just going from this is just a a like a a two like a, a thirty second road to the next place, or you do something like this where like if the world feels large. But like you're not supposed to be spending time in Hyrule Field. Um, it, it achieves what it sets out to do, which is make the world feel big, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, especially when back then. Um, and it
3: also, it even kind of like actively chases you out of the field because you've got like those helicopter enemies that I don't think oh, you're really yeah. supposed to fight, or if you're there at night, an infinitely spawning horde of zombies. So like the game's even like, no, get get on out of here. You don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't hang out here.
0: <laughs> that is such a good point. Yeah. Um, other things I noticed about the visuals I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, I think the visuals do a really, really great job between future and past link. Something I think they do really well throughout everything. Um, like when you first step out of the temple of time, when you become an adult, Mm -hmm. like you, you, you know, you pull the sword, you become an adult and it's like temple of time looks the same. All right, let's get to it. And you walk out and the world is just fucking bleak and like you uh, the first thing you notice is like death mountain with like the red circle as opposed to like like this like angry red and everything's just gray and black and drab then you walk out into hyrule castle town and it's like fucking actual god dang zombies which is terrifying
3: terrifying. it really is it is really
2: scary and you're not expecting it
0: yeah it is so good and that visual theme kind of like goes throughout everything like you walk into Kakariko kind of feels like the most the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then you see all of the citizens of Hyrule Castle Town displaced to Kakariko. You the see the ones that didn't uh, die. <laughs> the ones that didn't die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you go to like, and then you go to Zora's Domain, which is probably the prettiest spot mm-hmm. as a kid, arguably. Um, completely frozen over. Everyone is straight up dead. And dear God, like I just feel like they you go to you go to goron city which as we touched on is probably a little too empty and dear if you thought it was empty before like (laughs) now it's just like this like desiccated husk of what it used to be i don't know it's um yeah i i think they do a really good strong visual storytelling with the tools they had um uh oh also um Feel free to interrupt me at any point, because I again I have like a bunch of points. (laughs) But um, something I saw pointed out, I think in a YouTube video, so not 100% my observation, but um, the first thing you do in this game when you take control of Link, it starts you off in like a top-down 2D view. Mm -hmm. The very first thing you action you take is you step out. You see a 3D world, and the first thing you do is climb a ladder down into the third dimension, Mm. as if the game is saying, "Welcome to 3D. Welcome to the 3D like world of Zelda." um it's kind of one of those things
3: you see in like early 3d games where they felt like they actually had to explain to you that it was in 3d like that's why in mario 64 it introduces luka 2 as the cameraman yeah is because like Mm. they wanted to explain to people like this is how 3d works (laughs) yeah Um, and it shows it off at the same time
0: like it feels like a cool like something new um I like the vibe of most of the temples. Mm-hmm. They all feel so different and evoke a sense of curiosity. Um, Dongo's Cavern is the weakest, I think. It yeah. really is. I, like, I think visually the Goron, whole Goron section is probably the weakest, mm-hmm. like Steve's point. Um, although Steve's point about the whole thing being ugly, I strongly push back on. But the point <laughs> about Goron City being like the weakest, I think, is probably pretty fair. Um and like the Dongos Cavern is kind of just like a cave. Yeah. Um,
2: I I would say from a fun perspective, I would take a hundred to Dongos Caverns over one fucking water temple. That place is oh hell on earth, and I never want to. It. <laughs> oh, it's just. Yeah, I actually, don't <laughs> we'll, mind. We'll Dongos talk Cavern. about that stuff later. But oh my god, I hate it. You that. don't. Yeah, you don't mind to Dongos Cavern. You said yeah. Ah. Huh.
1: I like how the, the the big dragon, the dongo things That's in the center cool. and you got to bomb the eyes and stuff. I don't know. I, I like that. Place.
0: That's so awesome. No, you're right. That's awesome, too.
2: <laughs> I, I
1: would say I like Jabu, be... Jabu Jabu's Belly is a little bit. I'd, I'd rather mm. do
2: the oh. dongos over Jabu I was never Jabu's. a big fan of Jabu Jabu's Belly either. I, yeah. I didn't like the electric stuff. It just freaked yeah. me out.
1: I, and like the pits and stuff, you kind of get a little weird. Got, so, like, I would say
0: that place. Jabu Jabu is weak gameplay-wise, but yeah. I love the aesthetic of being in the belly, personally. Um, again, like, with limited graphics or whatever. But, yeah, no, I mean, I I think Jabu Jabu rubs different people wrong ways for different reasons. Like, I hate the gameplay. I hate having to pick up the spoiled brat. Um, yeah. Yeah, falling into pits is frustrating. Um, I do like the look of it, though. The look and sounds of it. I think it's a really strong sense of place. And so is the Deku Tree. You walk in the Deku Tree and you're hit with this overture. Like, the music... Sorry, not talking about the music yet, because I But yeah, I I just you feel this like hollow, empty tree, and it feels sacred and feels like it's dying at the same time. Um And then you hit the first boss, Goma. I think she's a really strong first boss Mm -hmm. visual design. I mean, it's a lot of darkness, so you can't really see a lot of her. But it's disgusting. So much of this game is like disturbing. Like this like horrible unidentifiable arachnid like creature with this giant eye and then like this ovipositor like the egg depositing thing is disgusting like because you see it un- you see it like undulate and it makes like a womp
3: womp noise while she's like laying eggs in front of you yeah um, there's parts of the game that are like shockingly visually terrifying for like a I know. kid's game like th- i mean the big one of course is the well that you go into the as a well. kid that place is fucking nightmare fuel
0: yeah like it's fucking torture devices like actual torture racks yeah. with blood smeared on them and that boss in the in the well like what yep. you, the, the fucking hands you get, have you seen like the realistic renders of that thing like how terrifying it is like you can like, yeah google it yeah it looks um, like a
3: silent hill monster it does yeah.
0: yeah it looks like silent hill um or or any other kind of psychological horror like and the game does that a lot. I mean, the well is obviously the worst case, but the game has a lot of disturbing, like, yeah, like you said, like imagery and sounds. And like every, I'm going to talk about it when we talk about the music. Every temple is, with the exception of maybe the Deku tree, scary sounding. Like if you actually listen to like, if you listen to the soundtracks isolated, like it is foreboding consistently. Yeah, it's like deep um,
5: chanting and.
0: Yeah. Um, and, but yeah. and I, One thing I also like about the Goma fight is that you have to look up at her to get her to engage, which is. Oh, like walking in as, as a kid, if you don't know what's going on, you walk in, you just hear this like creepy, like, and you're looking around this dark cavern, and you just see like a glimpse of light on the wall. When you finally inspect it, like this horrible creature comes. It's great. I think it's great visually, personally. Yeah. Um. Uh, I would also say King Dodongo is probably the mo- one of the most boring visual designs. Big lizard, bigger version of thing you've already fought. Um, which is a common boss theme in games, but mm-hmm. this game largely avoids... I've been talking for a long time, guys. I'm sorry. Interrupt me, please, because I, I really like this game. I just start going on tangents. Um, Can I say something about uh, King but,
1: Dodongo while you're at his gameplay, but I, while we're talking about it? Yeah, hit it. When I was a kid, I hated that to kill the normal Dodongos, you had to hit its tail, right? Oh, yeah. So when in this game, you, you bomb his... You throw the bomb in the, in the stomach or whatever. I, all the time, could not understand why you didn't have to go around and hit their tail. And you had to hit their head instead. That drove That's me really nuts. That drove me nuts. I, was, I, I, I died so many times. So I was like, why? what am I supposed to do here? Apparently, you're supposed to just hit them in the head after. But I didn't know that when That's a That's a kid. really
0: good point. Because the game teaches you that whole level. Yeah. And Zelda's so usually good about that of like teaching you mm-hmm. a mechanic and teaching you how something works, but I don't and know. then like just
1: a minor thing. Obviously, I got over it. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that, that's a great point, though. Um,
2: I think um, one one note on the visuals that they did really, really well, which is just such a nice touch. Is I don't know how to how it's worded the uh, the like the visual flourishes of things. So, like in combat. Swinging weapons or some some enemies when they swing weapons, it has like a visual arc of the sword mm-hmm. moving in that direction, oh, yeah, blocking like it shows like little little sprites of you know th- the weapon hitting Sparks. your shield, yeah yeah, yeah, like particle, yeah, it's the particle effects um. Hitting rocks, you'll you'll hear and see it like like plink and just all those little things that they didn't have to add and a lot of games didn't add stuff like that. It, they were just very generic of you, – like you can really see and feel like the combat moving and the effects of what's happening to you or that you're doing to the environment or to other um, monsters or creatures when you're hitting them, blocking them. It's just – I think that's that – was a really, really cool – um, visual detail that they added that just added such depth to the game and made it feel... It made everything feel more impactful because you can see it being impacted.
0: Yeah, that's such a good... Yeah, every little thing... I just feel like... I mean, Nintendo's famous for it's like... Especially with its AAA main titles. It's, it's attention to detail. And yeah, that's a great point of just... Everything looks and sounds like little things you don't notice but you feel when you're playing. Um, uh, one other boss uh bongo bongo which is the dumb name but <laughs> do, that is visually one of my probably favorite bosses of all time again if you look up the, the realistic renders it's horrifying um horrifying yes terrifying
5: nightmare fuel, uh,
0: nightmare fuel. and what even is it like oh the shadow temple is just like all these things are it's just a, like what the fuck it's a disembodied
5: this like ghost it's creepy yeah. yeah, but
0: it's got like a flower face and it's like its hands are like like severed
5: off from the rest of its body. Like, yeah, I
0: think
3: oh, it's supposed okay.
5: to be decapitated and the flower face is the hole in the neck. Aren't you
3: like well, on can... a giant drum and that's why it's called Bongo Bongo? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yes. Um... It's Donkey Konga
1: the boss. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. The whole Bongo's the boss. The, the, Bongo like the Bongo the is
1: actually dead Donkey Kong with his head hands cut off not head.
3: It's sort of it reminds me so much of Andros because yeah. it's like a big head and then two hands.
0: Yeah, Nintendo um, does that a
3: lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Nintendo does like the disembodied hands and head thing a lot. I think this is the best iteration of it for me personally, but like half the Zelda games feature like a disembodied hands or head mm-hmm. boss. Wind Waker has one. Um there's more, Fire but 64. I can't remember them. What? would you say? You said
1: Mario 64 has one too. I Mario
0: 64, think. oh yeah, and the in and the pyramid, Andross is that Nintendo does that a lot. This is my favorite iteration because it's so creepy and weird.
5: I mean, was there anything more terrifying as a kid than when you first become adult link and you have to go through Castletown and it's filled with Rededs?
0: Yeah. Scared the
3: shit out of me as a kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Every time I would just run past them. I mean, it's kind of what you're supposed to do, but like, oh yeah. And then when you think about they're probably the citizens of Castletown that yeah. are like Zombies.
3: That yeah, they're terrifying. As a as a kid, I never figured out that you could actually kill that enemy. So I thought they were unkillable my entire childhood. It wasn't until this playthrough that I realized you could kill them.
2: <laughs> well, they're really hard to kill. Yeah. They take a lot. It's of not. It's not just how scary they are, and the fact that they. St- scream, which is yeah. terrifying. But oh my God. It's how they attack you, which just mm-hmm. you feel <sighs> you like your skin is crawling. You feel violated for what they've done. They yeah. wrap themselves around you and are just like sucking the life force out of you or squeezing you to death. And you're helpless to get away until they like detach it's awful it's awful it's the same for the well boss with the the hands mm-hmm. that come up they grab you on the top of your fucking head and hold you still and you can't move it's so scary and
0: then he like he like waddles towards you this like weird <laughs> neck. and then he just like slowly bends down his face at you like what the fuck, Zelda? <laughs> like, like, again, like it's closer to Silent Hill, and it is
2: a yeah, Zelda game. Like, am like, I playing
3: am... a kid's game or reading Junji Ito? What's happening here? Yeah.
2: It's,
5: little column A, little column B.
2: Whoever yeah. was designing, it's like they they set up teams to design different areas of the game, and whoever was assigned to the well, I wonder how many times <laughs> management had to call him into their office and be like, "Hey, man, like I don't know, like you're on a different level here. We need to tone it down."
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I I hear Steve's complaints. I, 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 the game is not perfect. The visuals aren't perfect. I think it, it largely succeeds. I think it's
1: it's just more just the texture. And another thing is, like, you know, I, I think Majora's Mask looks better, but they also used the stupid expansion pack. Yes. Right? So you right. mean, you can even just say, like, maybe even Nintendo knew that they could have done a better job with the textures and everything. So they, you know. Well, um, Ocarina of Time
5: was originally um, not even supposed to be on a cartridge. It was supposed to be on uh, the right. 64 disk drive, but that never got released outside of Japan. Um, so it was just kind of like a mad dash to get it on a cartridge Mm. and they didn't even know if they could do it. Wow. I think if you look
1: at all the Zeldas that are out right now to this like day and you look at like some of the ones that like, you know, like what looks like what, which ones age the worst. I think Ocarina of time is kind of up there.
0: I think that's fair. I mean, I I think it's just fair because of the technical from See, I see. I think the, I think the, the impasse we're running into Steve, is that in my head i very strongly split looking technically bad mm-hmm. versus like art art direction like what like, and and i do think that this game does suffer on a technical standpoint a lot even cuz like you said even compared to majora's mask they had like how much extra memory did that thing uh, ram did that thing provide i think it doubled it doubled it, it. yeah yeah it doubled it like they had doubled the horsepower basically and so i i i do agree on that standpoint um but i think that this game masters its limitations and creates an iconic look better than a lot of other people. So, yeah. And, and for me, some people don't separate that as much. I think, I think some people it's just like, it looks bad. I, like, I could <laughs>
1: separate it, but I, I think it's just something yeah. worth mentioning. No, it totally <laughs> is. I, 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 I like, think, overall, I, think I would right. say the visuals are fine. Cause uh, at the end of the day, I don't care really how it looks. It's not going to, th- th- the fact, the game for me, but um it's you know like I said I, I just think it's worth mentioning at least that it is a hundred percent is and like uh, yeah
0: and I, I'm sorry I'm defensive of this game but um okay let's talk about the audio of this game how does this game sound uh, I'm gonna let someone else open up the floor because I have a lot to say about the music and sounds of this game um like I have way too much to say I might just record a separate speech
1: well i'll say how i thought the like the visuals kind of aged bad i don't think the audio did at all yeah i think the audio is iconic it's fantastic it lives up do
5: you know like you have no idea how many versions of this soundtrack i have on vinyl on vinyl i have i'll have to go count them but i have at least seven different versions of this soundtrack hell yeah dude I like, love like all the way from like you know orchestral renditions to i just got one um a couple days ago that is um the ocarina of time soundtrack but done in the style of the nes uh, uh oh hardware. like like 16 bit or eight yeah, nice. yeah it's like an eight-bit version and it slaps like i have so many versions of this game's soundtrack it is my favorite soundtrack in any game ever
0: yeah, it is also my probably favorite video game soundtrack. Um, I'm going to put my cards on the table, put my dick on the table. and <laughs> yeah, I'll is... do that. Zach, I don't know if it's on vinyl, but you if... Okay, so dear baby listener and also everyone here, if you have never listened to Ocarina of Rhyme by Team Teamwork, it's an old thing. Like, it was around like 15 years ago or something. But basically, this guy took Ocarina of Time music and then mashed up like a bunch of like rappers on top of it. It kicks ass it is very good um what is it called uh, yeah ocarina of rhyme okay he has another one for final fantasy 7 called vinyl fantasy 7 very good too
3: um i really love a lot of the like game chops cover- covers of these songs too like
5: uh i don't know them if you're into the, uh game chops does like a lot of lo-fi hip-hop versions um, you cut out there a bit so like they have i think three zelda and chill albums and it's just mm-hmm. music from all the games that it's like are... chill wave
3: covers of zelda
5: yeah um there's yeah. also um legend of synth wave which if you like synth Hell music yeah. it's zelda music yeah um i use it a lot on my streams intro um
0: nice and there's also a um, lo-fi too like every this it's been redone in every there's dubstep zelda like there's prog rock zelda like every every <laughs> Iteration of genre you can imagine has been done with this because the music is fantastic. Um, so I I compare the music in this game to, in my opinion, like the some of the most iconic film scores. I mean, I so John Williams oh, yeah. is obviously re- really really good at this. Um, I just um, linked
5: my uh my favorite. It doesn't version rely.
0: Again, largely probably because of the limitations at the time. They had to use, like, really simple MIDI instruments. But it relies a lot less on, like, sweeping, grandiose, like, full orchestra, very full sounds. And instead, it it relies on really simple, strong melodies with, like, really intentional harmony and percussion. Like, how many of the songs from this game can you straight up, like, hum from memory? All of them. Um, All of them. Or, or like, a giant chunk of them. Because they didn't try to, like, overwhelm you the way a lot of, like, modern film scores do in video games. Like, can you, like, hum me a song from Assassin's Creed? Like, even, like, even games that I love, like the new God of War series with a beautiful sweeping orchestral soundtrack. There is, like, a motif in that. There's a couple motifs in that game, but, like, they fade into the background. They serve the emotional side, but you don't, you don't remember, you don't walk away humming them. Whereas every single song from this game, is just instantly memorable. Again, I, I, John Williams is a really easy example to pull from of, like, everyone can hum the Harry Potter song. Everyone can hum the Star Wars song. Everyone can hum Jaws. Everyone can... And same thing. It's like, if I say, like, can you hum Epona's song? It's like, yeah, I, I got it. it. Even, like, it's just so sticky, the, this music. Um, sticks with
2: you. Um, well, and the... The compositions of every piece they use are are so complex, with with how they they put some of these pieces. Like th- they're this, not just nice sounds on a MIDI board. Like these are these are compositions of like they they knew music when they made this. Some of the oh, the yeah. complex Pujitanda's sounds brilliant. they put together. Like I'm thinking the fucking when you meet the the. The witch lady, the witch lady in the, the, the
0: fountain. oh yeah, the oh you mean the fairy? Yeah, the fairy, <laughs> the, fairy.
2: the fairy mother. That music is so beautiful. That yeah. harp, mm-hmm. holy shit! Like the notes going on in there are boom, boom, fucking boom, boom. crazy. <laughs> um, that uh, my favorite tune, I think maybe not my favorite but my fi- my most fun one to hum is is it gerudo valley that like da 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 yeah
0: it's it's just such a f- banger best song in the game I don't mean, know, it's hard to pick, but that song fucking rules. Uh, Rob talked about the Rob talked about the visuals being a little drab in that Garudu camp, which is probably fair. Um, but the fucking music makes up for it. Yeah, in, it's in terms of putting in a sense of place. Like, I, think, I, get it, so I
1: excited think it's like the, that for a lot of the places, too. Mm-hmm.
2: The, yeah, the music does more heavy lifting than the visuals, yeah, I think, yeah. in a lot of
0: places. For sure. Well, and um,
2: it's just such a testament to the the game's conviction in, like, so much of Zelda in the game is about music. It's a yep. musical game. The culture yes. is musical. Your, I, your ocarina is a key component. They teach you like your songs and you play your, like it they incorporate music into so much and they really like, they lean into it and their conviction is, you can tell like they believe in it because then yep. they accompany that with such fantastic stellar music to, In the soundtrack, like it's such a musical game.
3: Yeah.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. It's in the spirit of the whole game is about music in some ways. Yeah.
3: Um, And they use that, like they use the ocarina especially to punctuate the most intimate moments of the game, where like it's the ocarina song, and the fact that it's just being played on the ocarina. I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe there's a little bit more instrumentation in there, but like it. It uses the music and the fact that you have to play the music to make these beautifully intimate yep. moments.
0: Um the Rod, that's such a good point because one of my favorite musical moments in the game. Um and it's one of my favorite songs in the game here. I'll go again, I wrote like five pages about the music of this game. Hold on, let me find I mean, you're
5: not you're not the only one. Like this yeah. this soundtrack is like studied. Like it, yes. it is revered even outside of like video game circles. Like I went
1: me- to the, what the hell was it called? The, it's I don't know. Nintendo had some sort of official orchestra, orchestra thing. thing. yeah. And uh, it came to Buffalo and I went to it with my oh, sister. That's awesome. yeah, I it was wish super, I could have gone. This was super cool. It was so awesome. That's really cool. Um, and I don't think that's I would have so ever great. done that for another video game. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, you know, this was Zelda music in general, so obviously they played a little bit of everything, but right. um, it, it, like, it ties into that, you know, Our of Time is probably, if not the most distinct music in the whole series.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I wish I could have gone to that. It was, I, I probably could have, I was just a stupid kid, I didn't know. Um, Zelda's lullaby to this day, like, gives me chills, it makes me, like, emotional when I hear it playing, um cause it's tied to the most emotional parts and most nostalgic parts of the game. Like it's when you meet Zelda, um, you use it as a tool throughout the game, but then at the, and then the most powerful part, and I wrote this down before Rob even said that, um, when you hear it at the end, like it's what happens like after you begin and you're floating around and it's just this like simple, like, and like her lullaby is playing. And then, um, and then, um, <clears throat> uh, You know, and it's this super sad part. And like, kudos to the animation team. Like, they show Zelda looking just like heartbroken because she has to send you back to your time. And what she plays is like, I is just the ocarina alone of just like, and I think it's in a lower key. It's different than when you play it. I think, I think it's pitched down like a half an octave or something. Um, and it's just the Zelda's lullaby and just an ocarina. And then like, I don't know, like it's so emotionally effective in that moment. Um, super simple storytelling, but, um, again, using music as a shortcut to get to your heart is, um, immensely powerful. I think there's something to be said
1: about that too. Cause like when I hear like music from that game in like recent media, you know, I, I, like trailers for Tears of the Kingdom or like, yes. like whatever like you, you pick up like that song and it's usually like more epic or something or you know just like a different version and it's, it brings you right back to like when you were a kid like oh my god it's Zelda 100%. and it, it just it just connects to, to you like it hits you right in the heart like oh my god it just floods back memories of like when you were a kid and you were playing Ocarina of Time and, um, and obviously yeah. you wouldn't have those emotions if it wasn't for Ocarina of Time with the music and everything
0: yeah, so much of like the Zelda lexicon music comes from this game. Like uh, other Zelda games, Koji Kondo and the composers for that game always do a great job. Um, but all of the iconic, like Steve said, we're like, okay, we're going to use a trailer. We need to like hit this emotional note. It's always an Ocarina of Time. It's song. It's usually Zelda Zullaby. Um, now, am I, am I but, missing? Maybe I'm just an idiot.
1: Is the main Zelda theme not in this game?
0: It is, the motif is welded into the um, overworld. Okay. It's like, but it's like, it's kind of buried in there and it's really quick. It is in there, but no, it does not have that triumphant... Because ba- usually, ba- yeah, that's usually ba- the one you hear the like, most.
1: But yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. thinking like I don't think it's in this game. But yeah, okay,
0: it's buried in the overworld yeah, theme. Yeah. Um, and it's really quick. It's it's almost like a little like motif that plays on top of mm-hmm. like the the orchestral like swelling. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get like a front and center like thing like it typically does. Mm. Um, um, let's see. We talked about the great fairy. Ma- I'm just trying to delete as many points can as I, I read, can because. Um, uh, one song specifically
1: I really like is the opening. Hit it. I'm going to hit every is song. the opening of the game. So... The, uh, like the title yes! crawl or whatever. Um... I love that. How it like fades in and
0: like you hear the piano and everything. You're talking about the start music, right? Correct. Like when you... when you first load the game up. Yeah. Yeah. That music... Okay, so first of all, okay, yes, here we go. So that music is, first of all, gorgeous. You know, just like this, like, slow, like, I think, harps and strings. And then, like, the the lone ocarina, like, Mm -hmm. playing so, like, solitary. And what's so, what I love so much about that theme, the opening theme to that game, to this game. um, First of all, it's beautiful. Second of all, it is not a call to adventure, like, think of, like, how yeah. a FromSoft game opens, where it's like, bah, bah, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, this, like it opens up with this thing that, like, even though it's an adventure game, it is, like, a mournful, wistful, nostalgic sound. It is the sound, um, it's contemplative. And I think it's hinting at the true nature of the core of this game. I think why this, I'm going to get to later, why this game resonates with so many people. It's not... And it, it's not at its core about the adventure. It's about the the the. It's about growing up. And it's about nostalgia. And it's about losing something. Um, it's so good, and it only appears at like the title screen too. Like it's not uh, it's not like referencing any other music in the game. It's just this one lone. It's like it feels like you're like almost like Link is playing it alone, like somewhere, like 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 maybe between like like you t- resting for a night with Epona or something. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm doing a lot of editorializing, but um yes, that opening theme is beautiful and perfect.
5: I think this is hands down Koji Kondo's best work period. His best work period. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, it, it's a master it's a masterpiece, the soundtrack to this game in my opinion.
2: Um it's I just think it's funny that like I think they knew that their music was so good. That in a very comedic, hilarious way, they put it in the game when you sing Saria's song, when you play it for the Goron King and he loses his (laughs) absolute shit. He goes ballistic (laughs) to that song. Because throughout the game up to that point, I I remember several times I'm like, man, this music is so good. This music's banging. This is awesome. And then you play it for him, and he just goes fucking (laughs) crazy. And he's like, this music is so good. And I'm playing it. I'm like, I know, right? (laughs) I just thought it was a nice touch for them to pat themselves on the back and throw that in the game.
3: (laughs) It is funny, like the power that your music has over people because it had like you have like that instance but then you also have like the uh the, the windmill guy, guy who's cranking it in the windmill for seven years <laughs> <Yes>. um <laughs> <laughs> but like you literally drove him insane with your song cranking the music box by the way <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: We don't go into the windmill.
2: <laughs>
3: Just the fact that you like drive him insane. Like he's gone insane, right? He's crazy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and because of you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you played three fucking notes yep. on your ocarina. <laughs> um, which is another thing about all the ocarina songs specifically. Um, they are all so memorable, and he composed. What is it? 12 ocarina songs that you have access to or something like that I, I don't know the exact number with he didn't even have the entire musical staff to his disposal he had i think it was five notes he had five notes and he made 12 different songs all of which immediately iconic mm-hmm. um amazing fucking incredible um i want to this this might be gameplay um no, hit But, it.
1: like, the Song of Time is supposed to be, like, this super, like, powerful song or whatever. Uh-huh. And, like, like compared to, like, Majora's Mask, like, all you do in this game is just, like, move blocks around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> a, the power to move a block. Yeah, it's like,
1: like I don't know. It's just funny, but whatever. <laughs>
0: that's pretty true. That's
1: pr- but, like, Majora's Mask, it's like, oh, shit, like, you're turning back time. And, like, it's like, that's, yeah. like, the song. But, I don't know, it's just something something to no, laugh that's
4: over
0: because really <laughs> <laughs> you really don't um, use it for like know,
1: anything s- other than that
0: yeah no it's true yeah. um that's really true I never thought about that that is all that song does it's the
3: two guys in a van of the Zelda universe they just move blocks around for you yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm thinking about the last time we went really off on like music and it was um Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. like we went we raved and raved and raved about the music um and what's so cool about Donkey Kong Country's music is that it felt in some ways really experimental. Like there's like this weird, like, like jazz and like, I don't like, I, and, and, and just these like weird themes and sounds and feelings. And I feel like Ocarina of Time is almost the opposite. It's, it feels mythic. Like it feels like when you think of a ranch, Long Long Ranch is what a ranch sounds like. When you think of, um, we think of a bustling medieval town, like, yeah, of course it's Hyrule Castle town theme. Like it's just, they went for the opposite as, as opposed to trying to like do something like crazy different. They went with what you would expect, but then executed it so well. And that's almost harder in some ways of like, okay, we're going to like make a super stereotypical ranch sound, but we have to make it sound great. And I mean, and, and tying it to opponent's theme and, it's so
3: good we could also talk about like the non-musical sides of sound yes. that's um, a good break be. before i go back to talking about the music because <laughs> i mean they're like i think the sound design is fantastic in all places i really love the way i know like all zelda games do this now but just you know like the way that they use a subtle hint of sound to like give you a sense for what a character's voice is like you know mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah
0: um and uh, and every t- and every sound is so musical. Yep. So like, there's no sounds, and this is true. That's carried over into the current Zelda 2, and really just Nintendo does this. But there's no sound that's just like a or like a like every sound, every like like everything you do is a little song and a little bit musical.
3: I mean, when um, King Jabu moves over, you like, whamp.
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 but even that's kind of yeah. like, a, like a it's it's not the sound of a fish scraping yeah it's the you know like it, it, it's it's a heightened sound of everything again we we talked about this with um Super Mario World about how everything sounds like not what it sounds like in the real world but just like what it should sound like in this world and everything is just musical and pretty mm-hmm. even the ugly stuff like Jabba Jabba like or, or King Zora when he's moving went wah wah like that's like it's not gross because he's a giant fish man scooting across stone. It should be. <laughs> 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 it's cute. It's adorable. It's lovely. <laughs> like it's like. Yeah. Um. And um, the chest opening sound again. Like in some things, I would just be like a ba ba or whatever. But in this one, there's like this this buildup, this anticipation, the And na Ba-da-da-da.
3: And then you have five more rupees than you did before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's gorgeous. I like how um, um,
1: like when you're running around and like wherever, I guess, um, and like it's nighttime, the music stops and all you hear are like the crickets and like, yes, like the how or the, the owls and like, you know, just like it, it kind of like, you know, it feels like, oh, everyone's asleep, you know, which, which yes. is kind of cool and then like in the um, morning comes and oh there's the sounds again everyone's awake and blah blah blah,
0: blah. yeah and like the daylight like the sound of the morning mm-hmm. like it does yeah, that whole like overture and
1: everything yeah the chicken like crowing um, and the, the wolf howling and everything
0: yeah um another one of my songs another song that stands out that I want to give because can- I tie it to Zelda's lullaby for intentional purposes um Sheik's music whenever Sheik shows up like Sheik's theme It's so nostalgic and peaceful. Um, it sounds like rest, like um, which n- is intentional because in my head, it's the game telling you the whole time that this is an old friend. It's almost like the game kind of like showing its cards of like, this sounds like nostalgia and peace and a friend and something that sounds familiar and that you've already, they already know and love because it is. This whole time it's telling you in a way that like, this is Zelda. Like, or this is a friend. Like, this is like this is your connection to your childhood. Is 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 this person right here who like you I mean the twist is pretty easy to see as an adult but as a kid it was mind blowing. Yeah. And the game is kind of tilting its hand emotionally the whole time with the Sheik's theme.
2: I think we've mostly discussed a lot of at least you know when we were mentioning just overworld sounds and and the little details. Um, I think we talked about most of it, but it is it is just pretty awesome that there there's almost no action or object that went untouched with
4: mm-hmm.
2: without um special care taken to how it's going to sound between the menu moving the menu around the little bloop bloop, bloop yes bloop, um bloop. you know the the responsive combat of parrying something deflecting something. Using your charged like light arrows or fire arrows, like it has that audio behind it when you're holding it, and that kind of it's it's not a wishing sound or whatnot. But every everything's just so crisp. Your charge spin attack, um, the Mm -hmm. using the chain gun, the little clink. Oh, unlocking doors. The hook shot. Yeah. Unlocking doors when you use the key and all the chains like retract back, like the sound of doors closing behind you, like that deep, like it's I mean, they they really put attention to detail on every little aspect. And it's great.
0: Yeah, everything is great. Um. Other overworld music that stood out to me. The battle music is riddled with anxiety and pins and needles. It's not the most iconic battle music. I, mean, I think Final Fantasy has some of the most iconic battle music, but it does its job, puts you immediately on on alert, and like like ugh, pins and needles. Like um, uh, the shot music, the um. Burp. <laughs> that music is so good. It's like, oh, let's make a deal. Like, oh, we're having fun. Like, it's so good. Makes me want to spend money. Um, the twinkling music sound when you pull out the master sword, um, like every time. it may, like, the pulling out the master sword is amazing every time. You feel like you're pulling out this relic and traveling in time. The, I'll play it here. There you go. Does um,
1: uh, that 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 music's reused from uh, Link to the Past, is not it?
0: It might be. I don't know. I, I don't know Link to the Past wrong. music nearly as well. Yeah. Um, endorsed music it, it just... is. No, no, please. That's really good observation. Stop me and interrupt me because I'm going to keep no, It doesn't really matter. It's,
1: it's, it's, I think, it I think it's more Steve, iconic and better in Ocarina of Time. Put it this way, I'm not even 100% sure if I'm right. So,
0: right. <laughs> in, a, in stark contrast to the, um, all the overworld music and character themes, you have the dungeon music and dungeon sounds, which are the exact opposite because they are all foreboding and terrifying. <laughs> if you listen to them alone, like you listen, obviously they're scary in the temples, but even the minor ones sound scary. The only one to me that doesn't sound scary and sounds a little bit friendly and a little bit inviting, almost more like curiosity is the great Deku tree because it's the first one. And this person is not an enemy. Um, It just sounds like strange and like, and like mystic and, um, like reverent, but it doesn't feel like scary. The fire temple music. I I should just do a whole separate episode on the music of this game. Honestly, Um, which version though? I thank you, Zach.
5: Zach, do you want to explain that to the, to the, to the listeners? I mean, the long story short, you probably already know, but it's uh, before you could do updates to video games. What they would do is they would release a different version of a cartridge. And I believe there Mm. are three or four different versions of Ocarina of time. Um, some of the changes between carts, uh, included music. Um, the original version also, um, spoilers at the end, when you, uh, defeat Ganon the first time he has red blood, it was changed to green. Um, yep. the other notable, like the other other outside of bug fixes, the other notable change was that the fire temple music was changed. And, um, the design on the mirror shield was also changed. Um, So those are like the big three um, fixes um, that most people would recognize. Um, The reason the music in the Fire Temple was uh, changed was the original version was um, it used a sample from some stock music um, that actually had some Islamic chanting in it. And Nintendo legendarily has an anti... Well, I wouldn't say it's anti, but like a non-religious uh, visuals and motifs in their game. Uh, any game. Like, it's just a hard no. Um, which is kind of weird because in the original Legend of Zelda Link had a cross on his shield, but let's not... Oh, yeah. Um, But they famously are known for not having um religious symbolism or imagery uh in their games to avoid controversy. So... Um, the fire temple song um ultimately got changed um on one of the re-release carts.
1: Now, do you have the version that didn't get changed? Since you had like the original, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah,
5: that's cool, yeah, yeah. So um, like the original so version's cool. awesome. Like it's very It's a
0: Muslim call to prayer, I think. Specifically. Yeah, specifically. Specifically.
5: Yeah. A... Um, but like out of context, it just sounds very dark and foreboding the way that it's presented in the game. Like, obviously, I can see why you some people would be offended um Mm. by by it but like looking at it as a piece of music it's just like oh my god this is this is pretty dark and ominous um but i think the future versions just removed the the call to prayer out of it and the music remains largely unchanged um well they added a different chant which is a
0: terrifying chant (laughs) again if you listen to fire temple music I I was listening to the modern one, not the other one. The other thing they changed about Zach mentioned with the shield is they did use like a Muslim symbol. Um, yeah, it was like
5: I, the moon and stars, and then they changed yeah, it.
0: So uh, I don't know. I'm not going to touch that with the. I, I I think it was a wise decision to change that stuff. Um, but the version that is that you get now, if you play the game, um, it's similar to Dodongo's Cavern. It's mostly low, rumbly, um, bass. Again, I'm gonna use some medical jargon or no musical jargon. <laughs> um, there's a tiny little tritone flourishes, which are super dis- dissonant. Um, and then that there's the chanting. They replaced it with, I think, is even more scary sounding than the original yeah, um, call to or prayer that they. Yeah, I, I think I think they did a good job of replacing it um, because it's like this weird syncopated rhythm. It starts off with this low chanting. And then there's this high pitch chanting and then there's mid pitch chanting that all come in together. Then they're playing on top of each other. All at syncopated rhythms and all with like what sound. I didn't I didn't analyze the the harmony, but it sounds extremely dissonant. And again, like every dungeon is just scary. (laughs) Um, And you don't even know you're being scared. You just uh, like especially as a kid, it's just like the stuff seeps in subconsciously. Hmm. But by far, the most terrifying is, of course, the Shadow Temple. So, um,
5: building off of that, like, I quickly pulled up a list of, like, the actual changes, and that's uh-huh. that's what the Fire Temple music is. It's a remixed version of the Shadow Temple uh, chant.
0: Oh, no wonder. Okay, gotcha. Because um, what I was going to say about the Shadow Temple is that they have these, like, It's called, like, glissandos all throughout it, which sound like wailing. It's terrifying. (laughs) Um, And then um, the other thing that I wanted to point out about the Shadow Temple is there's foreshadowing in the Shadow Temple because what is the percussion of the Shadow Temple, everybody? Does anybody know? It's bongos. The percussion of the Shadow Temple is bongos, and then you fight the boss bongo bongo on a bongo, <laughs> I, technically, I think it's a djembe, but most people don't know the difference. But like the the, the level of sh- foreshadowing the the boss, it's brilliant. It's fucking amazing. Anyway, <sighs> okay, I think I'm done. <laughs> um, K- uh, the Kotake and Koomb's witchy theme is menacing and playful. Water Temple sounds like cascading water. It's all just perfect. It's all just amazing. It's it's a it's a master it's a masterclass in
5: it's a masterclass in music design.
0: Yes it's ah uh, yeah it's just so good yeah
5: it's um it's been called um um le motif in reverse uh so uh instead of music announcing a character um the music uh introduces the environments introduces the what you got cut off there the environments in the game
0: yes oh yeah that's so. That's such a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, because some characters have motifs too, but then there's also all these motifs associated with different mm-hmm. places and things that happen. That's really interesting. It's unique to games because, like, it's really common language in movies for a place to have a motif or for a person to have a motif, but games um, have a motif of like what you're doing, like you're shopping now, or you're like, you're exploring now, or you're getting a thing now. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting, unique language of games. I never thought about okay y'all let's talk about the gameplay how do we feel about how this game plays um i will open up the floor because i just had an hour-long soliloquy about the
5: music (laughs) so i will let someone else say something uh i think it was um great you know um it was still in the early stages of 3d gaming where everything was still trying to be figured out but um Like, I think Z-targeting was great. It was a fantastic way to handle the gameplay. Um, I really loved um, how, with the combat, um, instead of just trying to go with more of a medieval sword and board-style combat, it actually heavily draws inspiration from uh, Chanbara, which is, um, like, samurai sword fighting. Um, You can see that in a lot of the fights, how it's set up where you know, if you're fighting um, like a Deku nut, you're locked on, you're facing each other, going in a circle, trading blows. Um, I think for given like the limitations of the hardware, um, the uh, made for alien hands controller, the the N64 (laughs) controller is like, um, I think given what they had um, to work with, like it just, everything in this game feels like, so many different ideas that were just pulled off in almost perfect ways and just hmm. things seemed to work out uh uh pretty much in every aspect of this game like um you know uh going out you you had a sense of exploration which is what you know one of the core things about Zelda was like the original NES Zelda was um you know supposed to just be an open-ended adventure you you go, you go on an adventure. This game feels like an adventure, even though it's pretty linear. Um, you can't just go do what you want. Um, but, you know, you can go play around in, uh, you know, a decent enough sandbox uh, for the time. Um, you know, getting weapons and uh, items felt good like, you know, there is things felt logical Is like, you know, you get the hook shot, you can go revisit previous, uh, areas and find new things, uh, collecting the skull, the gold scatolas. you know, you unlock new things as you did that. Um, it just felt like a very good, uh, solid gameplay loop, uh, for me. Yeah. So,
0: um, I feel like the combat is the weakest part of the game. Um, I, that is a really great point of saying it, it's more it's more akin to Japanese stor- sword fighting style as opposed to sword and board, like, mm-hmm. just brawling style. Is, I've never thought of it in that yeah. context before. That's a really good point. Um, uh, I mean, so a lot of noise has been made about how the combat has not aged well with Zelda or with Ocarina of Time. Um, and I do think that that's probably the most valid criticism of, like, so much of the... This is not my point. There's a very famous video. I can't remember who does it, but of someone pointing this out that a lot of the combat is waiting, is sitting there waiting for stuff to happen. Um, but putting it in the context of like Japanese sword style just makes it feel so much more important. <laughs> like That's <laughs> such a good like way of framing it, Zach. You t- way to turn a flaw into a composite. Like, um, I a- I still think that the sword fighting is obviously like the weakest part of the game. I I don't play Zelda games for combat. Uh, really um i play zelda games for exploration and and puzzle solving and and to me the Ocar- zelda dungeons specifically ocarina of time is the pinnacle of puzzle solving for me um some people don't like that kind of style puzzles but like the whole like puzzle box dungeons is the most satisfying thing to solve for me um fun fact when i was a dm for D D and i would make puzzles um zelda dungeons were how i designed puzzles i i i would design dungeons um which arguably doesn't work for D because D is a totally different rule set and doesn't like it, i i'm not gonna get into, digress into like D design versus whatever but yeah i, I just think that the puzzle the, the Zelda, the ocarina of time puzzles are so satisfying especially the adult puzzles the adult dungeons i feel like the kid dungeons are like more annoying and rote but the Forest Temple remains, like, one of my favorite dungeons of all time. I actually really like the Water Dungeon. Oh, come uh, on.
4: <laughs>
0: I know, I know, I know. I just sound like a stan. I just sound like a simp. I know. Uh, um, I can't agree with uh, that one. <laughs> I, you can't deal with that I one? Yeah, well, here's the thing. The Water Temple's annoying because of the mechanics, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a flaw of the game. Of, like, switching items is a pain in the ass, especially for your boots, which the 3DS version fixes, I think. It makes it a sea like yeah. item, which is way more sensical. Um, and then having to like play the Ocarina every time you want to raise the water level, which is like 50 times that dungeon. So like, there's like, there's friction that needs to go away because by and large, I think the game's actually one thing I, I really feel about puzzles in video games. Personally, this isn't like a, a, a rule, but I like it when video games that have puzzles make it to where once you solve the puzzle executing the solution is easy. Mm-hmm. The best feeling in the world with a puzzle is like, oh, it was right there the whole time. And then you just do it. Yeah. I hate when video games and the water temple does this, make it to where like, okay, well, this is how you solve it. Fuck. Okay, now <laughs> I got to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> or now I have this like physical challenge I have to do. That's really hard to execute. Um, And the water temple is the worst offender of that. where it's like, oh I have to raise the water level and that means I have to go up and do the like water changing like three times oh my gosh um
3: yeah well and I think it's like the puzzle which at least for me has the most like easy to miss thing that can just like fuck you up and then you're just like rotating those water levels looking around trying to figure out where you're supposed to go
0: it's yeah. true, but if you could if you could change the water on the fly, which I think doesn't yeah. the 3ds also let you do that? Doesn't it also let you? I don't think no, so. you still have to go to I the think thing. You still have
1: to go. I could be wrong, but I think you still have to go yeah. to the thing.
0: Yeah, and that's really annoying, and that's inexcusable. Like that is objectively a flaw. Like to me, like that that is padding game length and is just annoying. Well, that is, that's gl- the main
2: but, problem with the water temple is the, the 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 switches quote unquote the where you change the water level. They put them in – the place is confusing as hell because it's vertical. Yeah. And it's really hard – it's so hard to find where – not only where what – like where the room is that has the thing because it's just – you get lost so fucking easy on that level. But then not knowing if you went to the right one that raises the water at the right size. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it's just the annoyance of just absolutely not knowing where the hell to, like you know where to go and you know what you have to do, but you don't know how to get there. And it's that same thing like throughout the entirety of the level, and it's really, really, really annoying. There's
1: a part of that temple that always tripped me up, and it was when like there's like that center column in the middle or whatever. Yep. And there's that yeah. platform I know that what you're rises say. up and. For whatever reason, when I played it last on stream, I remembered that that was a thing. So I like I caught it like relatively quickly, meaning like 15, 20 minutes of wandering around. But I, yeah. I remember like the first time I streamed that game, it was like hours. <laughs> it was like yep, hours. It's like what yeah. am I doing? Where am I going? But but this yeah. time I remember it, and I was so happy. I was like, oh yes, I'm so happy. It Only took me twenty minutes to remember this, as opposed <laughs> to that. like See, three hours. That's
0: that it's so good you pointed that out because that is, I think, like that specific part is, I think, a part a lot of people get hung up on and don't like the water because everyone's before. checking Cause that, the side is, rooms, right? Exactly. Mm. But that part doesn't bother me. That's the part where I'm like, I think this is actually good dungeon design mm-hmm. because, first of all, it forces you to be observant and to like look around everywhere. And two, you may not remember this, but again, I have this game tattooed in my brain when you raise the water level the little cutscene shows you that happening. It shows the thing rising and shows like there's a hole there and you have to pay attention, but they show it to you. Um, and so that why, and, and again, like as a kid, I, I straight up didn't see it. I had to use the, the guide like hundred percent. It is hard. It is a hard thing to notice, but if to me that it, it's on the borderline, but that still feels fair. What, what is annoying about the water temple is the fucking water changing. What they should have done is like, Make it to where to get to a water changing thing, you get to it, and then it unlocks the ability to unlo- like raise and lower the water mm. level from anywhere. Like, okay, you get this, and it lets you unlock, it lets you lower the water to the bottom level anytime. Yeah. You get this, it lets you unlock the water to the middle level anytime. You get this, and it lets you raise it to the top level anytime, which would have had to be a complete redesign of the dungeon because anyway uh, but that that is to me the the gravest sin of this of the water levels that if you fuck up once and then you can't even like get to the different rooms without raising the water level along the way so it's like to get to what i can't remember if it's the top or the bottom one you have to raise the water to the middle first yep and then like go through the middle section and then and, and that's the part that i think
2: fucks up a lot of people um they should have had all the switches on the wall in one spot, and then just let you figure out. It's like it's, it, you it would change the level, but yes, the, that would be like, more three-cup Water be. game where you have to try to fill something to eight gallons, and you have two other cups with different size gallons. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, imagine if in fucking Resident Evil two, when you're going to fill the gas canisters in the lab. You know, you have to change the yeah. levels. Mm-hmm. Imagine Which, if to change, me up. if they put three different locations, <laughs> yes. you can change <laughs> it once oh my on one corner of the map, and you had to run each time. That's how frustrating it is playing the water temple. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah,
0: Yeah. So that is a flaw. That's a flaw.
5: <laughs> I mean, and so much so that when they did the 3DS remake, like they changed the difficulty of the temple.
0: Yeah, it needed a rework for sure. But Water Temple aside, I think every other temp, every other temple is fucking amazing. Is is the kids ones are a little easy and Jabba Jabba. Jabba Jabba is annoying too. Water levels just suck. Every game water levels just kind of. suck. No one likes water.
2: Water needs people need to stop making water levels. It's always a bad idea. They 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 yeah. suck. I, it's I true. Like,
3: I don't. I don't know what it is. Not about, only, like,
2: not only was that the shittiest temple in video game history, but they also had the audacity to put Dark Link in that fucking temple, oh, and that <laughs> shit oh, sucked
4: yeah. ass. Oh, oh my! my. God.
2: He is the most unfair bullshit enemy that That's I've ever true. encountered. He was not fun. He was awful. He does suck. I still don't know how to consistently I beat him. him. I, yep, I cheesed keeps- it. I cheesed it. I just
0: keep spamming B or my sword button until I hit him. I I Mm. don't get what you're supposed to do. But then he keeps parrying you. And then he'll hit you. If you spam it enough, he eventually gets hit. After Um,
3: I beat him, my chat said you're supposed to use the hammer, but I saw Steve do that, and that didn't seem like that was working all that well either, so I don't know. (laughs) So here's what you're supposed to, supposed to use
1: the hammer, but you're supposed to just stand still like an absolute moron and hit the button, as opposed to like moving at all like towards mm. him oh yeah it's it's so stupid it's well so, which I so guess actually, like, and you're not supposed to z-target that... either you're supposed to literally just stand there and just be like Ugh.
3: i feel like that comes back to that thing that zach yeah. was talking about where like the combat is pulled from that like samurai combat style but the game i think oh, doesn't do yeah. a good enough job of explaining to you that that's how the combat's supposed to work so like if yeah. you don't realize that which i don't like none of us did it seems like um if you don't realize that the combat is actually about waiting and looking for your moment to strike and the game hasn't really like told you that especially if you're a kid then like that boss <laughs> is just brutal
0: well, and Dark Link, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. does not telegraph like yeah. now's the time to strike. Yeah, I don't think. Maybe he does. Maybe I've just literally never been patient enough to sit and watch him. But like, um, I use bombs too. Bombs are pretty effective. I against use them. the uh, um, the like
3: fire spell on him, but I no, only had like so much oh, magic yeah, see, for that.
0: Like, look at this though. Like, look at what this game is like. Maybe, maybe Dark Link is secretly the best boss because. Look at all the different approaches we've just mentioned. That's like true. look at how much it's like as opposed to like hit the glowing red thing. Like maybe every boss should have been more like darkling. No,
2: no. There's no bright side. Darkling sucks <laughs> ass. There's not. And if you're out of mana, out of magic, you're fucked. You can't get it anywhere else in the temple and the yeah. not to mention when you die, the run back to him is is sucks. It's There's so infuriating. There's that room before that's
1: like you have to raise the thing, then lower the thing, and then raise the thing. Like the little dragon statues or whatever they are. It's
2: so stupid. It's oh, such yeah. a waste oh, of yeah, time. That's... It's
1: such a waste of time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the water temple it it stands alone as the single worst, t- terrible temple and dungeon. All the other ones really are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just that one that sucks.
0: I, I think the combat I, so Steve pointed out how the visuals seem kind of like outdated and mm-hmm. stuff, which is true. I think the combat is where this game really feels the most outdated. yeah, um where it's like if i if, it, like, if the combat is the only thing where if it came out today, I would be like, Ugh. like yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. like um i I think it makes up for it in spades with the with the exploration, mm-hmm. which is why I play Zelda games. It's like. That's kind of why, like, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, my opinion on, on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom has been slowly turning, um, to much to probably to Zach's joy. Um, but uh, I, I, I think in some ways that, like, Breath of the Wild kind of, like, improved on the combat system of making it more engaging. Like, when I was playing Tears of the Kingdom, which I still have not played much of, I'm just going to have to do that, like, years from now, I'm just... I. I Whatever. Like, when I'm doing this combat, I'm like, okay, it is harder. But it's almost like, this isn't why I play Zelda, guys. Like, stop. Like, let me, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the combat because, on the one hand, it's like, it's not as engaging as certainly by modern titles and even other titles of the time. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's like that's fine for me because that's not what I'm playing this for. Yeah, like, it's almost like it's just it's just there to kind of like be an extra little obstacle on your way to solving this puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I, for me, it works in that sense because that's what I'm looking for in a Zelda game, and I'm looking for I'm looking for it in a Zelda game because of this game because that's what this game established. Um, but then like, but if you compare it to the grand scope of just games in general. Yeah, it's really shows. I think it shows its age.
2: Um, Here's what I don't know. I, I feel like I can't give the combat a pass based on its age because. Maybe it's the Z... Maybe the Z-targeting just made combat boring. I understand it, its necessity from going into 3D. It would be really, really hard not to have Z-targeting. Still used to this day. Yeah. But... I mean, like Elden Ring is... But... I think the game... The game did nail really, really good combat in one specific circumstance, which they could have replicated throughout the game. And I... There's one boss... It's not... A, I don't even think it's a boss... The big fucking beefy ass dude in the Gerudo Fortress with the, yes. the two-handed axe. That's I think that is the, the singular the most fun enemy Dark nut to game. fight against. He's really fun. Combat felt incredibly satisfying. Now, there were a few factors I think that contributed to that. One is the environment actually played a critical role in that fight.
4: Mm-hmm. where mm-hmm.
2: he would slash down the pillars and they'd break into hearts. So your your mind is like you're attentive to every detail because you want to kite him toward these areas so he swings. But just the responsiveness of the back and forth fighting that character, something about it, like they nailed it. It was really, really good. But it's he's the only one in the game that feels that way. So I, I think they – could have achieved more of a better combat system if they took whatever worked in that and replicated it for a few more generic monsters throughout the game
1: and if i'm like not mistaken there's no like waiting involved with him either it's just he just takes exactly that's so like you could hit him yeah because like the blocking the blocking is just like the annoying shit like, when they, like, the Stealthful's putting their shield up, or, like, the Gerudo, like, blocking with their swords, or, like, that's the annoying shit. Because you're just, like, eventually you get to a point where you're just, like, all right, hit them, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit them, And, like, sometimes you hit them and sometimes you don't. And there's really, like, no rhyme or reason to it. Maybe I'm
0: just bad. I yes. don't know. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I mean, and it, uh, to be fair, that is more realistic. Like, I mean, my understanding of, like, old-timey combat with sword and board with a shield is, like, you fucking used your shield. You didn't, like bob and weave necessarily i mean i I don't know i'm not a combats expert but like it makes sense like logically like if i have a shield i'm gonna use it like i'm gonna block attacks i'm not gonna try and like matrix my way around attacks but it makes for boring gameplay and and it's the fact that the dark nut is active the whole time it is either swinging or open up for attack it is never blocking it is either dangerous or open Hmm. and um and again like Not to come back to the other giant game that we always talk about, but like FromSoft games have this nailed. Like you are either always actively deflecting, like in Sekiro, Um, your your shield, if you're using your shield, it's costing you something. You're not just holding a button Um, or you're dodging. And then like there's openings to attack. Again, this game came out like what, 15, 20 years before the first Demon Souls or whatever. I don't know the timeline, but (laughs) But, Uh, but we don't judge game
5: 11 years. I want to
0: say 11 years. So we don't judge games. Again, it's not fair to be like, I can't give this game a pass because I often don't give other games a pass for their age. Um, I mean, it's a tricky, it's a weird blurry line. Um, It is a
3: thing where but, like, this is one of the games that set like how games work in 3d, um, you know? So like they, they did the best they could, but there was also room for improvement. And I think it's fair to say that both of those things are true.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. That's a great way of putting it. Um, I
2: think I'm only more critical and harsh on them with the combat because because they did nail it at some point in the game with that character. Hmm. If he didn't exist, I'd probably be a lot yeah. more. Oh, it's an yeah. old game. It's the first one. Three D. Like they they're figuring stuff out, but they they had it. They had it for like a moment, and it was really good. And then that was all you got. Um.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, my guess is that, that my guess would be that that enemy came along later in development and that they mm-hmm. were like, oh, fuck, that's how we should have done it. <laughs> <They just did. laughs> but I mean, like, you know, on the other hand, I mean, I said this about Star Fox, I'll say it here. Like, that's not really an ex for a company as big as Nintendo specifically. That's not an excuse because if a game needs more time to bake, let it bake, baby. Like, um, so yeah, I mean that's a good point, Q. It's like they they had so they they were this close to to success or whatever and of to greatness. I mean, it is greatness. The game's great. But for combat specifically, they were this close and they and they kind of blew it at the at the uh at the finish line. Um, I know there,
1: there there was another part that annoyed me about this game was uh I, I think Rob was there for that, but I was at the Ganondorf boss fight and uh I didn't have the magic upgrade. Which I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe. Oh, like
5: from the yeah. From maybe the great it's, fairy?
1: maybe you just absolutely need it or something. I don't know. But I ran out of magic while shooting the light arrows at Ganondorf, and I got soft locked. Yeah, I had to friggin' just did you sit there and die because I like ran out oh, of magic? Sucks. There was so no ma- He yeah, went there was down no, like, and the pots. There was anything. not
3: a single magic one in any of oh, the pots. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. What, so I what I was about to say. Died. Died. Like, that's what the pots like, are. I had like
1: I had so much health. I was like plenty fine, and just I just ran out of magic and died.
0: That's yeah. A, it wasn't yeah, even like end.
1: oh I missed my shots or something or I wasted my magic. It was like no, I was hitting every shot. I just
3: died. Yeah, it does suck that you can get soft locked in the final boss. So,
5: so when that happens, you're supposed to climb down the tower. Um, there's plants at the bottom of the tower. No, there's pots, no, but they were. climb down. They didn't give me yeah. They didn't give me yeah. Any magic. They give me arrows. He broke and, but just
3: but RNG every item him. there was to break.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so he, he was doing
3: fun. everything right. He just got I don't screwed. know. That,
1: that's probably just like a minuscule thing, but it, like that was annoying. That's, still, that's super. Annoying yeah, it though. was annoying. You know, I was like streaming too, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna get this game done in like an hour here, and I got fucked there, and I was like, all right, well, maybe I should just go get this magic upgrade so it doesn't happen again. Um, I don't know. Just like a minuscule thing that was like irritating that maybe could have been yeah. fixed somewhere along the way somehow. But
2: however, I will say that the I the, the, the Parrying his magic attacks with your master sword was so fucking cool. great. That yeah. was yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: Great mechanic. A, a mechanic so good, they used it twice. Because <laughs> it's in the forest temple, too. I'm
5: mean, a real man. Um, uh, real men deflect them with the bottle.
0: Wow. With the bottle? I don't know if you could do that. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, you can use
5: the bottle. You can use almost anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's can, funny. But like, you can do it with the bottle. The king of evil brought low by a bottle. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Um, camera's annoying in this game, but I mean that I think camera's is... annoying in every N64 game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's age, and also yeah, like like a... except Star Fox. Hmm. <laughs> yeah,
5: that's true. Because Star Fox gives you
0: no agency over what you can do, and you have to look at what they it. tell you. So, <laughs>
2: um, all the fun's right in front of you. <laughs> ADSing with your bow was was really terrible. The sensitivity mm. on that thing was all out of whack i don't know
0: well the enemies move slow though like you're it's very rare where you're like critically
2: ABS-ing, well okay like, on the fly there's like
3: fucking rupee challenges but with the, the bow, game though, oh, those so bad. Suck.
2: i don't like <laughs> the, 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 the one with the, one with the, the slingshot the one with the slingshot on the challenge was really really annoying but mm-hmm. and then the yeah the when you're in gerudo valley or whatever on on horseback trying to do that game I didn't think I was ever going to get that one just like because it was so hard to aim. Because you go from. And you're pretty good at first person shooting. Yeah, you would go from. Well, the problem is the fucking. There's no like exponential ramp. It's your your aimer. You seem to get good, fucking casual. It's it's five DPI to 2000 DPI. There's no in between. (laughs) You're moving slow or you jump to the other side of the screen.
1: So, what I do for that game is I just put my camera at one specific spot. Because if, if yeah. you just leave it at one spot, you can almost hit, like... Because, like, you're supposed to hit, like, the pots.
0: They're talking about the Gurudu Valley one specifically because it's moving you along. Yeah,
1: so if you just leave your camera yep. at one spot... <laughs> He's right. ...and just hit B at the certain time, you can actually just go through all the pots as long as you hit B at the right moment.
0: Yeah. But, but you you shouldn't have to do yeah, that. I know you shouldn't have saying. to work yeah. around what, what Rad is talking about, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, but give Zelda credit, because not only... Think about that. Oh, well, I guess this isn't 100% true, because Doom came out. So this is not the first-person shooter, but think about the fact that, like, not only is this the first-person adventure game and third-person, like, exploration game and fighting game, but they also, like, this is like a proto first-person shooter for the first time in 3D. I mean, Doom was
3: out, but Doom was actually 2D, designed to look like 3D. Um, and Doom doesn't have the like up and down accesses yeah. accesses to aim on. Uh, exactly, it just uses I, like I, an auto. Yes, yeah, Doom so yeah. wasn't yeah, console like, though either, was it?
1: Yeah,
2: it was on computer. Yeah, I don't think man. we can yeah, compare I've... any because PC games were way ahead of even in that area era of any console but
0: games. It, but to my knowledge, PC games had not even have first-person 3D shooters, and Zelda was the first. Fr- I, I, it's of course like blase, like oh, first person shooter. It's an entire multi-billion-dollar genre, of course. But but like think about the time, like they had the wherewithal to not only have a three D adventuring like sword combat, but then they are also like, what if you went first person and shot it and like like that's amazing, like that's incredible that they had like that like. That they like in a sense like invented 3D first-person shooter like as a side thing as like a, like what if when you shoot your arrow goes into this mode like I don't know I don't know because like, I, like I,
1: I'm just thinking of like Mario 64 where you could just like go into first person and like look through the camera and it's essentially but you couldn't shoot stuff. yeah it's essentially that but you could just shoot stuff.
0: But that's a big deal. Like, that's like <laughs> yeah, that's a whole I genre. Like, that's, it's not called first person looking. It's called first person shooting. I I'm impressed, but I don't know. I'm I clearly mean, biased. You know,
3: it, there were like games where you would have had range, but you would have stayed in the third person and just like you know done some janky ass Resident Evil shit or something. Yeah, you know, maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's true. It it, it it is like a. Like being, I don't, I, I, don't know enough about game history to know if it was the the first one to have both the third person and you, the switch to first person, um, but it's definitely one of the earlier ones. And I don't know enough either, yeah. but I'm just
0: gonna say it is. <laughs> Goat games were um, very credible.
4: You heard here first, folks.
1: Um, what about like side quests? Are those fun?
0: Um I, I think the big gor the big Goron
5: sword is a great yeah, side. I quest, think so I think. too.
3: It's a, yeah,
1: cool. it's
5: a lot of fun.
3: Did it feel very obtuse to some of you though? I had to look up a guide to get through it.
5: Yeah, it's supposed to be. I word.
3: got yeah. lost
1: at one yeah. point. I had to pull out the good old prima guide I have.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I I've only I've only ever solved it with a guide. But I mean I imagine if like Again, and going back to the whole thing we talk about a lot with mm-hmm. older games like how much time are you supposed to spend in this game? Like a lot of the items that, items that have a timer, they say go here. But stuff that doesn't have a timer, they're like I need someone for this saw, and you just have the saw in your inventory. Yeah. And I think the idea is that you're supposed to stumble upon them, mm-hmm. not do it yeah. in like one big fell swoop, sure. which is how most people do that quest. They're like, okay, I have the hook, I have the long shot now. I'm going to do that quest. And I think it's supposed to be more like like, oh, you're talking to the carpenter and he's building a bridge. Maybe this, you know, I think it's supposed to be like that. Yeah. Um, which is like classic adventure, like point-and-click stuff. Like, like you have a random thing sitting in your inventory, and you're like, oh, this person mentioned this. I'm gonna hand this to them. Um, but yeah, doing it all at once, it's like, mm-hmm. what? What the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, um, because if you think about that quest taking basically the whole thing of like the big Goron sword as being like the ultimate like, whatever, like, item you can get in the game, it makes sense that, like, it would take a while to find all the places for go. Um, Isn't it weird,
1: too, that, so, like... Oh, you got the Master Sword, but that's not the best one. It's, like, the, the bigger... <laughs> yeah, line. I know. Like, <laughs> like,
0: like, like, the big one sort of looks at the Master Sword, it's, like,
1: yeah, bush league. Yeah, like, I, it's <laughs> so a little weird, weird sword. whatever. And yeah. they fixed that in, like, Breath of the Wild, because that, that, like, the Master Sword in Breath of the Wild feels like, oh, that's, like, the... The big one. Because it's the
0: only one not made out of aluminum foil. Yeah. I, I don't like I don't like breakable
5: weapons.
1: Zach, what are your thoughts on Breath of the Wild?
5: <laughs> we don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, um, as far as the remakes go, Ocarina of Time 3D is a masterclass in how to remake a beloved classic game. Majora's Mask 3D is how you don't do that.
0: Oh, really? That's sad to hear. Yeah. I didn't know that about Majora's Mask. It, well, it yeah, wasn't,
5: just, um, there
1: were some good things, but they changed some bad things too. Like, so, like some they, of it's they, better, some the, of it's worse.
5: The, there's just the 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 bad for me outweighed the good. Outweighs the good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Looks um, better. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot better. One other thing I want to say about the gameplay. Uh moving around feels great. They nailed riding a horse, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Th- their first try, like, um, I mean, I know other games have done it better since, like, you know, Red Dead comes to mind, but like, Epona feels great, yeah. And you care about Epona because she's not just a random fucking horse. She's like, it's Epona. Like, I had, we're gonna get this into story, but it's like, I grew up with Epona, and like, you know, like, I, I befriended her as a kid, and now she's this beautiful, amazing, powerful horse, and she feels great, and she looks great, and I love it.
2: Um, so, uh, yeah. Any other? Um, Thoughts on gameplay. The the special movement you can do was fucking awesome. The strafing and the backflipping was really, really nice. Feels great. It it did make some areas of combat feel really... It it was like the only satisfaction you could kind of get out of combat was, you know, baiting and backflipping or sidestepping. But also just a great form of movement. Hmm. Um, Just strafing entirely across the main field in Hyrule... To, uh, especially to beat that guy in that race. Like, you could really fly if you just lock your camera and just fucking bunny hop sideways all the way yeah. across. Um, I think that was really it, fun. You know,
0: it, as you say that, it kind of makes me kind of crystallize our my thoughts on the combat, which is that they nailed the player side of combat in this game, but they just fucked up the enemy design of combat. Hmm. It's, the, it's the, um atmosphere. like... I feel like the, the player side is like they got everything we use now, like Z-targeting, like dodging, shield, backflips, um, strong attacks, weak attacks, mm-hmm. like light attacks taking long or quicker. You can risk it for a strong attack. It's just the enemies didn't take advantage of, like, the pretty fleshed out player side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think never thought I'd of it agree in those with terms. that.
2: I think that –
3: Yeah.
0: Because strafing feels good, dodging feels good. Your shield works. Um, so there's different slashes for different enemies, which is very underutilized. Um, if they had just done a little bit more work on the enemy design, could have been a more satisfying combat experience. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. You don't get so. the advanced like sword moves that you do in like the later Zeldas, but obviously it's the first game, so you know you got to start right. somewhere.
2: Also, one thing there they didn't add a ton of utility in this game. Like not a ton of it, but one one area they did, which was so fucking cool, and I wish they did more of it. Um was your ocarina in combat. Fast traveling. Oh. Oh, what are you talking about? So I don't know if there's more examples of this, but I know that if you play the sun song, yes, with the yeah, it'll it'll stun the zombies and the mummies. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, does it burn them too? I don't think it, I don't think it hurts them, but I think it it freezes freezes them. them. But using just something like, like one of your tools in your kit as, you know, utility like that in combat was so cool. And it it would be great to have seen a little bit more type of, you know, just trying to think like the, the, the the song
1: of storms Does that do anything other than like the guy in the windmill.
0: It lets you get, like, fairy springs in different places. Um, But that might be it. I was going to say,
1: maybe they could have done something with that in terms of combat. I don't know what, but...
0: Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about the Ocarina is I love how they tie fast travel. Still to this day, like, these days, like, fast travel in games is usually either one, you open up your map and you fast travel. Super convenient. Um, Or you have to go to a place to fast travel, which is kind of annoying. Like, that's kind of what I'm running into, the God of War Ragnarok. I'm like, I just want to get to this place. Like, just let me... Stop making me go to these gates. Anyway, but I love the ocarina because like, again, it like, it ties the game to music. Like you said, the whole game is like about music. It feels great to do. It's super satisfying because the songs are pretty. And each time you get a song, it creates a character moment with chic. It mm-hmm. just, it does like, like using that as the fast travel solve, like does like five or six things. Oh, I didn't say six, but like does like three or four or five things like all at once. It's a really great fast travel method. Well, not um, only
2: that, but because you have to play a song that's related to a certain place to travel there, the song that you're – like, basically, if you're going to go to somewhere with a completely different vibe, which is every area, it sets the mood before the you get there. It, it, your brain changes gears, in particular when you go down to, like, the, uh, the scary underworld – Shadow um, the, yeah, Shadow that song is just awful. It's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you'll be up at Gerudo Valley bopping like da 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 And you're like, Oh, I gotta go down there. You play that song, and your brain's already like, Oh man, here we go. Yep. And then you're like yep. already prepared for it once you enter that area. It's it's really it's an cool. Overture to the yeah,
0: yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. This game fucking
3: works. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: um um Okay, anything else about the gameplay we want to talk about? It's
3: one little thing. I really love all the little mini-games that are spread around. Some of them are more frustrating than others, but I just, I don't know. I I love the way that the Zelda series has always had little mini-games that you can run into and play. They're fun.
0: Yeah, that's actually, uh, so Steve asked this and we started talking about the big Goron Quest. I actually think that the... The mini games are fine. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that gets refined to better later For in sure. later iterations of Zelda, where it's like the mi- games are more like inventive and more fun and engaging. The side quests are more inventive and engaging. Um, I think they're I think they work in this game. I I, I don't think they're a standout in this game um, necessarily. Catching chickens um,
2: is always awesome. I love catching chickens.
0: Yeah, I forgot about the catching chickens. That's pretty and fun. And you can use yeah, them as your,
2: your OG paraglider. Flying. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. yeah.
0: And figuring that out as a kid, oh, this game's great. <laughs> this game's great. Um, every time I try to be like, well, it could have been done better, one of you points out something that's like, well, no, it actually was done great. So for this, for
1: I streamed the game and I beat it, but I also went back and 100% in my original save file as a kid because i've never done that before um so i i I got all the gold skulls and everything i looked up a guide on how to do it which is uh something (laughs) there
2: are so many i
1: I know i came down to like the last one or two on my list of like ones i needed and like luckily it was there but like the the whole time like the, the walk there was like Please be on. Please be there. Because if it's not there, I gotta right. go back on this whole like guide. Look and look at every single location again. Because I didn't know if it would be there or not. Uh, I don't know if I just like missed something along the way, but it was there. Thank God. It yeah.
2: Did y'all ever utilize the shops? I felt like the shops were weak. Rarely. I didn't yeah. Really. Once. Not too often. I went go through go the whole. Game. Currency in this
0: game in general yeah. is pretty. Useless. I didn't know I
2: had a bigger wallet. I went through the whole game until the end, and I was like, I I, I saw YouTube of something because I was looking something up. And I was like, how does he have so much money? Because mine capped out, I think, at what, 100, your original? 99. 99 yeah, 99. yeah um, I think you're
1: getting them from the gold
2: skulls, don't you? Y- yep. yes, yeah, yeah. Which they're, is, they're I forgot to. Uh, so at the end of the game is when I was like, oh, I could have more money, which I never cared because I didn't go into the shop Need to it. buy anything. But then I was like, well, I want this wallet, so I have it. So I realized I went in, and the whole house was pretty much. I got all of my rewards at once from the Sculptula people at the end, and I was like, "Oh, cool!"
1: That could have been something they would well, have
2: done a little bit better. It's
1: like maybe you get like some sort yeah. of like journal or something. It's like, oh, you got a number forty six, but you don't have number thirty eight, and then it, it'd right. be easier mm-hmm. to like maybe like look. I mean, I don't know. Just trying to make the game easier, but it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of annoying. Like, oh, I don't want to, I want to get all hundred, but I don't know where they are. Like, obviously you're gonna look them up, and you don't know which ones you're missing, which ones you have. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know. I mean,
3: that's a thing that, like, even more modern games sometimes have a hard time, like, signposting yeah. those sorts of collectible things. Like, it's... I know, like,
1: like Mario Sunshine, that was, like, another issue. Was, like, yep, those blue... that was
3: the one I was thinking yep, about, because like I 100%ed that game.
1: Like, are, like, another, like, nightmare thing yep. that you gotta do. And it's like, I don't know which ones I have, which ones I'm missing, I wish it just told me, but...
0: here regarding the rupees, the only place where rupees are really useful, it's... Is uh to get the big Goron sword, to get the big fancy sword, um, is the only time that you need more than a hundred rupees, and so it incentivizes you to at least get the first wallet upgrade. Um, what do you need it for? I'm guessing you did not get what, what do you need it for? What? What am I? I don't remember. It costs. I think that's like two hundred rupees to get the big Goron sword From the to make You have it. to buy the giant's knife. Oh, okay. Yeah, you buy the. Oh wait, maybe you don't need it.
3: Also, buying no, because someone seeds gives you from that guy.
0: Someone gives you their giant's knife.
3: I think I spent money mostly on the mini games. I'd go through like two hundred dollars yeah. at a time. Yeah, I, I to beat don't those. remember
1: the needed money at all for the big Gorn. But maybe I'm just—I'm probably just remembering wrong. I'm probably
3: remembering it wrong.
1: Well, maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know.
5: Yeah, um, the the giant's knife is not important. It's not required. It gives you a hint about oh, the Gorn yeah. sword. The sword is seen oh, in out mind. by Metagorn when you're a child. Searching through Goron City, when you arrive an adult, as an adult, medi will sell it to you for 200 rupees.
0: Oh,
4: okay.
0: Oh, gotcha. you literally never need a bigger wallet. Never mind. <laughs> Wait,
1: what is the giant's knife? I don't remember that. Is that like the...
0: You can buy a shitty version of the big Goron sword that breaks after like 20 swipes. Like three or four yeah. hits. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do remember that. Now, um, now that you're saying that, I do remember that. It's made
5: by his like lesser brother or something. He like <laughs> sucks. Yeah. yeah. That's like part of the quest chain. It's just like, oh my God, my idiot brother made this.
0: Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Oh, wait, really quick. Just a quick straw poll. What's your favorite Zelda item of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Not just this game. Man.
3: This might be if you guys don't know, a it's fine. weird pick. I kind of really love the Bomb shoes You don't use them that much, but oh, they're a really things. fun item.
5: I love the, the Bomb shoes bowling, bowling Alley. Fun. like that's, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: You know what my favorite is? The bomb the bomb mask.
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zelda,
0: a Majora's Mask, where you kill yourself. I will
1: 100% use the bomb mask over any other bomb, <laughs> if given the opportunity.
2: Q, you haven't played as many Zeldas. So if you no, know. I don't really have much to go on. Um, I don't know. The hook shot's really cool. <laughs> I'm trying right. to remember what was in A Link to the Past. There's a lot of items in That's that game. Okay. There were a lot. Um
5: are but we excluding the Master Sword as an item?
0: No. Yeah, no, you can use the Master Sword as yeah, your that, favorite. That, well, yeah, that's my pick then. It is it is pretty iconic. It
3: is very iconic. The um, my favorite, shot is think, great too. Just... Do you guys remember?
0: Did everyone who has played Twilight Princess? Everyone except Q? Yeah. Yeah. I love the big ball and chain you get oh, in yeah. the X-World. <laughs> that thing's fucking that awesome. That is cool. It's not useful because that's a problem with Twilight Princess is you use each item exactly only once in each dungeon or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's pretty annoying. But that I, I think Twilight Princess has the coolest concept uh, um, items in, in the Zelda series. Mm. Um, but yeah, when you like Link like walks around like like uh, 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 you can't even carry it, and then you swing it around. That's, I love that item. Um, anyway, we can move on. Um, story: How do we feel about the story of this game? The storytelling, the characters, the writing, all all that stuff.
1: I think it's the most iconic Zelda story, for sure. I, I think yeah. when you look at Zelda's stories, you look at this one to compare it to. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's sort of, because it almost feels like not just iconic for Zelda, It to me it feels like a very archetypal story. And not in yes. not in a way that feels derivative though, so much as in like a way that it feels like it's a story that is trying to be an archetype. Like it feels like a hero's journey type yes, story. it feels like
0: a, a Star Wars level, yeah. like simple but
3: mm-hmm. effective. And I think, I don't know, it's like, it's a masterclass on a game that gives you just enough, but lets your imagination fill things in, too, which I think is mm-hmm. part of what lets it feel so big and important.
0: Uh, yeah, totally. Um, yes, no. So, like, which, again, I think goes back a little bit to the visuals of, like, your imagination is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, I have this con- – there's this thing about, like, so many video games I – th- I may have said this on the podcast before, I don't recall – But I feel very strongly about it in game design and really just storytelling, which is that, like, if you have a story where the premise is, like, you need to save the world, it is crucial that the storyteller, the writer, writers, make you – if you want me to save the world, you need to make me a world worth saving. Mm -hmm. You need to make a world that, like, I care about saving. Yep. And to me, this game does that so effectively as like Child Link. Like, I just love all of these little guys, like all of these little people. Like, they're just so wonderful. Um, For sure, and so iconic, all of them. And I feel like no other Zelda game has made me care about their characters as much. Again, maybe because I was just a kid. So you know, how, who knows how fair that is? But um, yeah, they really do a great job, and they do. And, and one thing this game does, storytelling wise, this is not my point. I saw this on a video somewhere. I think I can't remember where, but um, it bears repeating because it's a really good thing to point out if you're interested in storytelling. (sighs) Most things, when you talk about like, generally when you're trying to save, stories that revolve around saving the world fall into two categories. Either the great evil is approaching and you're trying to stop it and you're in the world as as it's already good. Um, so this would be like, you know, like Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. like Sauron's going to destroy the world. Look how beautiful this world is. We need to preserve this world, but you don't get a good idea of what would happen if he actually succeeded. I mean, you can look at Mordor as as like a microcosm, but we don't know what would happen necessarily, or you get stories where the good has already won. And you have to go overthrow this great evil. You're trying to like revolt and rebel. That would be Star Wars. Like the Empire's already in charge. You don't know what a world without this Empire would look like. Ocarina of Time shows you both. It yeah. shows you, like, as a kid, like, look how wonderful and magical and whimsical this world is. Everything feels like a kid. Like, even when you're t- talking to Zelda about geopolitical like, stuff, like that's the bad guy. It all just feels like cute and kitty and whimsical and innocent and then you see what happens if you are to fail you go live in a world where like you have not successfully stopped him um and you become also intimately aware with that world too It does both. And there's other stories that do that, too. It's not unique to Ocarina of Time, but Ocarina of Time does it extremely effectively. For sure. From the moment you step out of the Temple of Time as an adult, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, this is what I'm fighting for. This is what I'm fighting to stop. You see both what you're fighting to stop and what you're fighting for. um, Yeah. Which is really cool.
3: Um, I think one thing that's really cool about it, too, is... really like great about it is how well it pulls off some really somber and sad moments like the one that really sticks out for me is the the storyline with saria like that one breaks my heart every time um Mm -hmm. but the game like i mean it it's it's not that fleshed out but it just does it right so that it hits emotionally yeah um no
0: yeah and which is uh, my other big point about this game, but I want to let other people talk about the story if they want to. But yeah, Rob, you... yes, it's emotionally devastating in some ways. <laughs> um, like, I, I still get, I get... This is a little bit embarrassing, but I get misty-eyed when I play this game sometimes. Clearly, I'm biased and, over, and sold way too much into this game. But yeah... It, I want to hold my thoughts and let other people talk, but yeah, that's a whole other um, aspect of this game that is really good. Does anyone have anything else to say? How do you all feel about the story, the dialogue, the characters, anything like that? The writing of the game.
1: The characters are fun.
4: The
0: characters
1: are even, fun. Even, even to like the side, like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, even like the side characters, like, you know, you got the beggar who's pounding on the ground and the fat puppy lady and stuff like that. Like, the, the characters are fun. Um, helps build the world and everything. And then even, like, the main characters, too. Like, yeah. the Goron chief is really, like, a fun, cool character. And, um, you know, the, the way they kind of... um, I feel like they flesh out, like, the cultures of, like, the different races the most in this game <laughs> than any other game prior. Maybe even up to this day i don't know uh that's a whole other thought but at least prior you know um well i'm trying to think like even like the goron like the gorons was this the first game the gorons were in i think that it was i think so yeah yeah. the zora no zora 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 are an enemy in old games yeah they were in link to the past um but yeah like the the introductions of like the like the gorons like Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool and stuff even though their home looks like a dump, but. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, 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 no. I, it, like, I, it, like they're, they're a staple to the series now. It's like, there's not a Zelda mm-hmm. game where there's not at least one Goron character walking around. Even yeah. in Wind Waker, where, like, they're rock people and the whole planet's flooded. There's still, like, a Goron, like, oh, yeah, my whole race died because <laughs> the world got flooded or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of cool the way they introduce, like, yeah certain aspects of this game that go forward into other games and it, it like it said it's kind of like the the game that like i feel like all other zelda games are built off of this one which i like yeah. in the timeline that's yeah. kind of how it is like the official quote unquote zelda timeline yeah. or whatever um but it like before that it re- actually felt like it before like they released like the official timeline it, like it just felt like this was the zelda game like if there was yep. a Zelda game, yep. I had to like recommend to people to play like for, for for like the first one, like oh start here because that that's yep. like the one to to go with.
0: Yep, either this one or the original Zelda if you want to be a purist like historian. Yeah. But yes, no this is this is the quintessential Zelda experience I think in a lot of people's minds. Um, so okay, I have another rant, but I want to let other people talk before I rant. If anyone
2: has anything else, um, I'll. I'll... Speak for a minute. I I think, in general, I think the story is great. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's a great like fantasy story. It's it's fun. It's coherent. Um, I enjoyed it. What I really do like is we what we've kind of briefly mentioned is uh, all of the all of the side characters and everyone you encounter. All of them are very unique in their own special way, which is really fun mm-hmm. like each one of them. They're zany, they're kooky. They all have like different motivations and goals, which is just so much attention spent on just technical I mean meaningless NPCs, so to speak. Uh you've got the guard the guard in the little village who wants to get his little kid a mask. Like so you go get masks yeah. and trade it to him. Uh the carpenter's son in that village who hates work and just is really mad and sad at everybody that you meet at night out by the tree and then in the daytime you see his dad and he's like I forget what he a shitty son yeah basically um <laughs> the the freaking grave digger who you meet and then he's dead yeah. when you come back later yeah. <laughs> like he died
1: even the carpenter like, story is pretty sad like the the, the carpenters son, he just, he, yeah like the yeah. son just like goes escapes in the forest and just like dies like that's what it's hinted. Yeah, at. it turns into a
0: monster. Yeah, it's yeah. really it turns into dark. It's really dark. Yeah, anyone who gets lost in the Lost Woods becomes the Sculthula as you fight. Yeah, like it's,
2: it's it's fucking dark. It's, it's wild, um, just how right. much attention they put into all these characters, and then the Gerudo are just so cool. Like they're they're badass. You know, this whole culture of females only and what they birth a male like every 100 years or so and that was Ganondorf and he became the their king and leader and you know decided to fucking take everybody out <laughs> um yeah. but I, I i don't know all every character is so unique there's other than maybe the gorons they're the only ones that are kind of generic in general which is fine cuz the gorons i don't know they don't have a lot to say. They just want to eat rocks. Um. <laughs> I identify more with the Gorons and the Zora, personally. I think the Zoras are stuck up. <laughs> the, Zoras, the Zoras definitely give a bit of a, a stuck-up vibe.
3: Um, I mean, the I yeah. would guess that That's the Zoras are based on elves and the yeah. Gorons are based on dwarfs, right? Like, yeah. there's Zelda's exactly. version of those fantasy tropes.
0: Yep. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so one thing I also want to talk about the story is, like, so we've touched on it. It keeps getting mentioned of like, oh, this game's actually sad. This game's actually dark. And I think that at the core what this game's actually about is it's a game about growing up. Hmm. Um, um, Because it's the feeling of... Okay, in this case, like it's Ganon causing all this darkness and all this evil and all this brokenness. But the feeling remains the same of growing up and going back to a childhood place and its smaller darker grimier less magical than you remember um it's a super universal experience um and as a kid you were like experiencing it and you didn't even really know what it was you were experiencing you didn't have the words for it because you were still a kid you were still kidlink, you were still in this bright vibrant world and then what you didn't realize you were feeling is this like this feeling of loss and nostalgia and the like pain of growing up um Everyone's constantly commenting on the fact that you're a kid. Like, hey, this kid. Like, oh, what are you doing, little kid? Kid, 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 kid. They're always calling you that when you're a kid. And then this game is just hyper fixated on growing up and the experience of losing the, the whimsy and the, and the brightness and the goodness of childhood and the whimsy of, like, losing friends. Like you said, Dompei fucking dies. Like, all these people die or they get displaced or everything just gets worse as you grow up and the thing you're fighting in, in like kind of a weird metaphorical sense is you're fighting growing up. You're fighting like the encroaching darkness of like getting older. Um, this is why the, like Steve said it at the beginning. This is why the opening theme isn't a theme about adventure. It's a theme about like wistfulness and nostalgia and looking back and feeling that loss and feeling that mournfulness in some ways. Um, it's also fun too. Like you, you, you find your friends and like you know your friend. And like you know you have Sheik. You have old friends who are like designed to be like callbacks to like when you were a kid. That's why that theme is so reassuring. Um, but ultimately, this game I think is about the pain of growing up. All of Sheik. If you go back and read all of Sheik's little intro, like all of her little things, I guess he talks about like prior to teaching you the songs. It's so much of it is about like growing up losing friends and going back to old places where you used to live and it's sad this game is at it's core is sad um and the look like again I talked about this with like Zelda's lullaby at the end of the crescendo when she's about to send you back to your old time and she's sending you back into a time where it's like this timeline won't have existed I won't be able to be here with you as my friend and I have to send you like that is fucking heartbreaking <laughs> um and they animated her face the best that they could to reflect that. I think that's why this game sticks with people. It's because it's not just nostalgic. It's a game about nostalgia. It's a game that like this game is nostalgia. Like that's what it's like trying to do and trying to be. I think, like, I think that's why it like resonates with people. Cause it feels mythic and it feels like an adventure and it feels important. Cause it feels like your childhood in so many ways. It, Anyway, that's my take that's my thing on Zelda's the story of this game. It's simple, it's but it's extremely effective. It feels like growing up. Um so, I don't know. I think when we were kids we didn't know what we were feeling, but I think if you play it as an adult and you really like, engage with it, it feels really familiar in that way. Yeah. That's a really um,
3: beautiful way of like putting it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I know it's really intense for the podcast, <laughs> but I, I told Joe I was going to go hard on this game. But, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's a masterclass in a simple story doing heavy things for sure. Um, we've used that word masterclass There's, um,
2: like 50 times this episode. One interesting note, which I I feel like it has to be intentional, but I th- I think I think it was intentional. <laughs> been you know, just reflecting on everything you just said about it kind of being growing up. So you start as this kid and you're in, you know, all the dungeons and places you've been as the kid have still been like whimsical and like through, mm-hmm. through a child's eyes almost. And it's when you grow up, you immediately you're like, oh, my gosh, like the world is not all sunshine and roses. Roses. And then you, you like so mentally Link grows up. And he goes out and sees the world for like what it truly can be, and it's not just this happy like childlike place. It's only after that that you go back as a kid, and when you return as a child, then you go down into the well mm-hmm. you don't yeah. You don't see You've the horrible even, underbelly yes. before you've grown up and like link's eyes are opened and now he's like okay this was always here yes. you just didn't see and, it. and like he can't go back from that point and he knows like even as a child it's still it's not the same anymore because there's still an ugly underbelly to this world and really scary things out there which he never experienced prior to that which was really interesting and and super cool
0: that's the other, I mean, that, that's why this the ending doesn't feel, it's satisfying that you've beat the big evil, but Link can't go back. Yeah. He can't be himself, he, he can't go back. Once childhood is lost, you, you can remember it, and it can be a beautiful thing to remember and to engage with, but it's gone. You can't be that kid again. I think those, um, um that
2: point... And that's why the fairy leaves you! I think that point <laughs> Rat
1: makes kind of carries over into Majora's Mask, too, like, plays on that. Well, isn't more. that why yes. it
2: doesn't Majora's Mask open up and Link is just kind of a wanderer? Isn't that what he's he's, he's looking uh, for Navi? He's
5: wandering the Lost Woods yeah, for he's Navi. Like, okay, there's a lot of theories as to like what Majora's Mask actually is, and some of it is actually backed up by um, a thing that happens in Twilight Princess. Huh. That the fact that you die, the fact that Majora's Mask is just Link dying in the Lost Woods. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll cover that in the Majora's Mask episode. But yes, that's a really cool theory or read of the game. And uh, I mean, this whole like, and think about the first place you you start in this game. You literally start in a forest where no one grows up. You start as a you start at where everyone is perpetually a kid, and your problems are fucking Mido being a bully. Your problems are these tiny things, and then like with the intro, the Great Deku Tree is the one who starts to introduce you to like this is the real world. I'm dying. Like, I don't know. Um, you start off and then like that. And that ties with Rob, like the whole Saria thing, that subplot is heartbreaking because she one can't fully grow up. Like Mm you you're leaving her behind in so many ways. And by leaving her behind, you're leaving your childhood behind. And like, how many of us haven't had that? Like a childhood friend that meant so much to you and was everything to you. And then you grow up and you know, Maybe you've lost touch with it. Maybe some of us don't. Some of us like literally stay friends with our childhood friends forever. But I, you know, it's just it's a wistful, sad game in the in the wrapped in the paper of bright Nintendo graphics and a Koji Kondo major like key themed like like music. Um, It's only it's it's like the dungeons are the reality almost. Mm. I don't know.
2: Um, Well, also, you thought you were a child of the forest until you grow up. And you yeah. realize that place where you called home before, you never actually truly belonged there. And you go back you to that village and no one recognizes you. They're like, hey, you look like so-and-so that we used to know because you were not supposed to grow up. Like, you are just – you can't you right. can't go back home there. Like, you're just kind of alone.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the one person who does recognize you, Saria, like – then you know i I feel i get the impression she's like the one who was really his friend and actually knew him so that's why she sees who he is Mm -hmm.
5: um yeah but he's also you're playing as an orphan that doesn't belong anywhere yeah yeah you never find his
0: parents you never find where he uh, yeah you just know he's hylian you don't know like yeah
5: yeah he's not a kokiri like he's not uh you know he's not supposed to have a fairy uh um, no. he would have eventually grown up and probably been ostracized from that village at some mm. point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in this game. Um, Like themes wise, plot wise, not really. It really is just get MacGuffin after MacGuffin, MacGuffin after MacGuffin, but like themes wise. And I feel like no other Zelda games hit themes this hard. Like Twilight yeah. Princess tries to be dark and it is. And there's some interesting stuff happening there, but like, whatever like I, it just it doesn't hit the same way hmm. i don't know what the themes of like wind waker are you know I, wind waker is a beautiful game and it's fun but like it just doesn't it isn't it doesn't feel as big as this game does story-wise like themes wise you know what i
3: mean um to me i'd have to so. replay it as an adult to like see if i could see more you know because like i didn't see the themes in this game in ocarina of time when i was a kid either you know yeah so, like maybe there's a lot more there than i was like catching on to as a maybe kid, so but, yeah totally yeah.
0: And, but and i think those themes in ocarina of time are why it sticks with people mm-hmm. so hard i think you know, yeah a lot of people are just like oh you're just like you because of nostalgia but i think there's more going on that makes it stick with you the same way great stories stick with you yeah i think Um. All right, let's do it. Is this game a goat? Zach, you let us in and you will take, you will start, you will start the conversation.
5: There's only one thing that I need to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is my second favorite video game of all time. To me, this is unequivocally a goat. This is what, like, this is when you think of the term greatest of all time, uh, when it comes to games, if this doesn't come to the forefront of your mind, I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent.
5: Yeah,
0: I, well, maybe I don't know. I'm playing. Maybe I don't think it's like good. <laughs> it. Maybe not a hundred percent.
5: Anyway, um, it is yeah. the highest rated game of all time. Yeah, and, and it I is think... the highest rated game of all time for a reason.
0: Yeah, um, couldn't have said it better myself. Although i guess i'll have to cuz i'm i have to say my piece at some point but <laughs> well said is what i'm saying um, fantastic steve i'm like let's have you go next cuz i like your whole thing with the visuals was the only bit of i think naysaying so far uh, that you came in hot with the with the <laughs> with the trying to make trying to make it I guess because you're still spurned by <laughs> Star Fox, so you came in hot at the beginning. I was like, "Uh oh, am I going to be defending this game the whole time?" So, what what are your thoughts no, on this game? I, I, is, is no, it deserve I, this the title game's a title
1: I can't. You, you okay. know, I, I, I was a little bit negative. I was pointing out the negatives a little bit, but I feel like it's no, I feel fine. like you have that's to. That's fair. Um, because you you know it it is a little dated looking, I think, and stuff course, like that. Sure. And you know, the combat isn't perfect, but. There is so many other positive things that totally outweigh the negatives, even if they're worth mentioning. Um, you know, the music, you can't argue with at all. The music's great. The plot's great. You know, the themes behind it are great. The, the puzzles and everything are all great as well. Uh, this is, like, Zag is probably my second favorite video game of all time. So, uh, it's a GOAT.
0: Hell yeah. Fantastic. Um, Rob. Yeah.
3: I mean, this is, it's, it's obviously a goat. Um, it's, I was kind of afraid cause I hadn't played it since I was in fifth grade that I would like boot it up and, and it wouldn't hold up to my memories of it. Um, and it's sort of funny, the places where it didn't compound with my memories, I actually ended up liking it better for those reasons. Um, it's it's a beautiful game it's an iconic game and it's a game that makes you feel things um and it also like like we've all said it is like it's the zelda game that you compare every other zelda game to uh, so yeah it's yep. it's unquestionably a goat
2: all right q hell yes <laughs> game freaking rips. It's awesome. And playing it 25 years later is just as... It was just as enjoyable. I was fully invested and engrossed in the story. It was awesome. Even working around some of the gimmicky stuff, like m- looking around was a little weird sometimes with the Z-targeting combat. Could get a little bit boring here and there. Um, but damn, did I have fun. And is the story awesome? And the graphics... I, I think cartoon always wins in in time and this this art style still looks I mean it look at look at the other games look at Torroc um fucking
4: <laughs> <laughs> look at Golden terrifying.
2: Eyes man those some of those games were rough but you know, you go the cartoon route, Banjo-Kazooie, all those games still look fucking Star awesome.
1: Fox, so <laughs> Star Fox. There's so many good-looking Star Fox. There's so many good-looking ones.
0: I'm sorry, Steve. I'm sorry I hurt you so bad.
2: No, I mean, this, this, yeah, hands down. Zelda, this game's a fucking go. It's it's awesome. It's Great job, Nintendo. You did it. From little startup indie studio, Nintendo, great job
0: um okay yeah the uh i'll say my little piece um and this piece is also sp- kind of specifically addressed i i was hoping at least one of us would be like no like I, I thought steve was going to be like the resistance or something but i guess not now i mean well, so uh, this is directed towards contrarians there are people online again that have like a negative view of this game so this is kind of directed towards them clearly we we are all in accord but This game revolutionized game design on every front visuals, gameplay, music, and story, everything. It's still so fun, but it feels like to me, it feels bigger than most games. Um, it feels important. It's like, we've used this word before, it feels mythic, like a piece of culture being handed down generation to generation. It showed a generation, my generation, I think all of our generation, um, in this podcast, what video games can do, not only technically, but emotionally. Um, it resonates with the bittersweet feelings of childhood and growing up to to a degree I haven't felt in any other video game and seldom in any other media. Uh, the game, this game gets accused of being revered only because of nostalgia, but it feels that way because it's about nostalgia. Uh, it is nostalgia. Uh, lots of games have nostalgia associated with them that cloud over our objective gut judgment, but this game is nostalgia, um, something so few things can achieve. Um, this feeling gets stronger as you age and play the game. In my opinion, this game ages like fine wine, fine, sad wine. <laughs> so it is a goat. And in my opinion, it might be the goat. It is my personal favorite game of all time. And that's not a unique opinion. I know that that's like rote or that's like blasé. It's trite to make this game your favorite of all time, but... It's very good. It's very good. So. Okay.
1: Until Damn, next until next episode's when we do Undertale.
0: <laughs> Yo, yeah. Are we, is is Undertale next episode? Oh, fuck. is it? Or is Okay, it, is it our might next one? it might be the best game of all time, Undertale. <laughs> 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 okay, well yeah. Um Undertale is up there for me to it, it's a strong contender. Okay. Thank you for joining us, baby listener. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. If you've liked the show, if you've liked our ranting, if you've liked us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show. Like and subscribe to on all of the platforms. Um email us at goatgamespodcast at gmail dot com. Uh follow us on Twitter um if you didn't like the podcast then lie it's for a good cause Leave really a good review anyway um next uh i am joined today in alphabetical order by quentin
2: yo what's up thanks for tuning in peace see ya. great
0: <laughs> great i maybe we don't need to do the outro introductions every time it's just like i don't know whatever i'm joined by da- i'm joined today by quentin i'm just gonna do this i'm figgy i'm joined by quentin rob steve and zach you, if you liked us, we talked about our handles at the beginning of the episode, go listen there. Um,
5: and if you don't like us, follow us and tell us.
0: Yeah. Uh, come, come, come be mean on my, on, on, on Twitter and stuff or on, um, Twitch and stuff.
1: But let me know okay, beforehand next week, because I, I'll put subscriber only chat on. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I gotta have that on a hockey, but, um, so, uh, yeah, next week, I think we are covering undertale. um, Likely, I I thought there we was something else in between that, but maybe not. We my memories
3: portal. I don't know if anyone was Isn't that excited next, next to cover portal. Next one's episode
1: twelve, right? Then we say like next one yeah, is because it's epi- gonna be like
0: a year's worth of GOAT. That's right.
3: Is next well, one 12, 12 or eleven? I think next one is episode eleven.
0: We'll figure it out. So I, we'll be covering either. <laughs> we'll be covering well, we're either the leading Star under- Fox.
1: So. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be covering either undertale or portal i actually want to do shadow of the colossus soon we'll be covering a wonderful game of some kind come check us out um okay till next time everybody gg <laughs> wow. That's good.
4: Okay. pa pa pa